just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke Beer. Get in your local, grab a case of Bloke Beer from your liquor legends, your celebrations. I just found a screw on the desk. I don't know where that's come from because Maddie doesn't know how to use tools. So I don't. The ghost has been in this studio. Uh, but brought to you by Bloke Beer. Get into your local liquor legend celebrations. IJ Plus Liquor, Bottolo in Queensland, New South Wales. They stock Bloke Beer. Um, now we are back. But someone walked in this morning and he he just looks a bit different. I don't know whether he's got a different shirt on. There's something different about him. We'd love to welcome him back. We are so stoked he's joined us. It is the great Hammy. And you let me know, boys, is there something different about Hammy as he swaggers on back onto stage? There he is. Wow. See you, boys. You look different. Need glasses? Need glasses? Yeah, these are new, actually. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for noticing. Thanks for noticing, Timmy. Uh, good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what's what's uh, precipitated this change in swagger? Nothing new, mate. Nothing, nothing's, nothing interesting <laughs> happening in the West Tigers. Um, <laughs> just just got big high hopes for the season and uh, particularly 25 season. I think as well. <laughs> really looking forward to so it. you're already looking to 25? Yeah, I'm just looking looking forward to the future. So why, why specifically 25 though? Oh, no, nothing massive. I mean... <laughs> Signed a few blokes. I could I could take or leave them to be honest. Didn't yeah. really bother me. But, uh, Kerry Hemsley coming back to the club, mate. That was the big one for me. That's where <laughs> that's when I decided to grow the hair out. So um, yeah, exciting times, mate. Uh, walk us through it. When the news dropped, Luai. Yeah. And I'm sure you were sitting by your phone, just having a normal day yep. as you do. Yep. How did it feel? Yep. Uh, I got a bit emotional, uh, Campy. To be yep. honest with you. Um, that's why I've got the shades on today. I promised myself I wouldn't actually cry on the show, but um, <laughs> we'll get through it together. Yeah. Uh, it was emotional. Uh, booked a little getaway for me and the missus yeah. just to celebrate things. Yeah. Um, mate, we're very excited. You share your happiness with her. Absolutely. You're not a selfish happy guy. You're a, you're exactly. a sharer. I live to give, Kempi. always have. <laughs> and, uh, mate, it is an exciting time to be a Tigers fan. They've been very active. Uh, shout out to Shane Richardson. Um, absolutely dominating in the last six weeks or so. Well, you reckon? He's here for a good time, not a long time. And okay. he's been making some moves and, yep. uh, you know, we're all very excited. Is there, is there any omenry going on with that specific jersey that you're wearing? Well, this one, this is the, actually the 05 uh, oh. jersey. When we won the, you just happened to wear that one today. That's right. Um, so we'll be celebrating 20 years of that premiership when Jerome joins us, which is exciting. <laughs> it's a really good opportunity to just reflect on some of the great sponsors the club's had over the years. You know, you've got the JFTA uh, Petrochemical Services there. <laughs> Where would we have been without them? Uh, Walker noodles as well. <laughs> on the, on, you know what they taste like, actually? What? Premiership success. So, uh, a lot to be excited about down at Tiger Town. I mean, it is all coming together. 20 years since you win a premiership, Jerome arrives at the club. Yep. It, and, you know, it, there's something about that. Yeah, and it's not often that um, players get the opportunity to win five premierships in a row, but Jerome's <laughs> actually going to have that opportunity, which is very exciting uh, as well. So bring it on. Well, yeah. Oh, great stuff. The Root, he's here. How are you going, brother? Go on, mate. I came in this morning and uh, Hammy had some Dragon Ball Z on the TV too. Oh, really? Yeah. Diving in deep. Yep. Wow, I like that. I tell you what, your hair does grow quick. It does. <laughs> I, I swear you did not have that long hair last time I, I saw it. It must be the, uh, the crisp Tasmanian air. Yeah. Just, um, really <laughs> pulled it out of me. Timmy, how you going, brother? I'm good, mate. It's a, it's a tough entrance to follow that one, I'll be honest. It is. It is. A lot of swagger about you. A lot of swagger. Have you been dabbling in, in the music and the content that Jerome Luai consumes to kind of feel the vibe of where he's coming from? Yeah, new year, new me, Kempi. So uh, get used to it, basically. This is me for this year. Huge so. anime fan. Yep. Love hip-hop and R&B. And also, just quietly, he likes K-pop as well. Yeah. 
Well, I've always liked K-pop. Though, oh, okay, so that's, fair a, that's an easy transition <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Face Music brought to you by Sportsbet. Massive thank you to Sportsbet. Absolute legends over there. Another year with Sportsbet. Very excited. We've got some huge things planned. Let's get straight into it, Hammy. Yep. Speak to us. Who has to face your music, mate? All right. Well, uh, basically what I asked you to do before I left was give you uh, give me your summer cricket tip. So I wanted your uh, series result, your top run scorer, top wicket taker. We had a Hurricane Sixers game as well. I wanted a top runs, top wickets there. And then we had uh, we actually had the Packer Up Boys Derby. We had South Australia taking on India in a T20 <laughs> as well uh, to bring it home. So those were the games that I wanted you guys to uh, review. Okay. Uh, here's how you settled. We're going to do it a little bit differently uh, this time around. And uh, here's basically the results of how we, we settled for this one. Matty and myself, not the best end of the year for us. One point each. Uh, Don't know cricket, that's why. Denon and Timmy, two points. And uh, Guru. Recently rebranding to the cricket guru, he he actually won with four points. <laughs> four points, yeah. 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 So wow. let's just have a look at some of the some of the highlights and and particularly probably the lowlights <laughs> of uh, some of the tips heading into the break. So, uh, Kempi, you're all aboard Paddy Cummins top wickets and your beloved South Australia to beat Matty's India in that uh, Packer Up Boys Derby. So that's where you got your two points. Probably your biggest clang, you had Sam Hazlitt to top the runs in the Hurricanes uh, Sixers blockbuster. Sam Hazlitt hasn't actually been selected for a single game all season. Um, so a bit of a regrettable well, one. Well, selectors need. And how are they going? How are the Sixers going? Not as good as the Heat. Maybe if they selected him, they'd be going all right. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, uh, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. maybe they should be listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should be listening. Well, Australia did. Look what happened there. Yeah. Look at him go. Look at him go from now. Uh, Guru, I mean, well, this is just, you know, jaw-dropping stuff here. Australia 3-0. Uh, you had Cummins top wickets. Six to beat the Canes. Dan Hughes to be the top run scorer. He made 60 as well. So uh, the Cricket Guru coming to all reputable and some dodgy podcast platforms uh, <laughs> later this year. Uh, Timmy, you had just the 3-0 result and the sixes to beat the Canes. Uh you said Manus would top the run scoring. Your exact quote was to make a truckload of runs. He had a pretty ordinary series. So, um, I think there's only one. We won 3 0, but there's only one ton, wasn't there, in the series? There was. Yeah. Little Davey Warner. Yeah. From the Mascot Housing Commissions. Leaving, <laughs> us, on a, leaving us on a blockbuster. Uh, Maddie, you had 3 0 um, for the, the series. Uh, so, good start. Um, and that was the only one you got right. So. <laughs> pretty quiet week of tipping. And it might have been like the most obvious tip in the history of face music. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> the only thing sure was Matty tipping his beloved India to win the derby, which, <laughs> which they lost. Uh, and then, look, pretty quiet one from me. Uh, I just backed in Kempi, South Australia in the derby. That was my one point, and that was basically it. So that is how you settled, boys. Well done to you, Guru. Looking forward to a big season of the Cricket Guru. And uh, we're going to do some tips uh, for the next test match. And also, I know you think Guru's cricket tips are good. Wait till you hear his tennis tips coming up <laughs> a little bit later in the show as well from the tennis guru. That is Face the Music brought to you by Sportsbet. A massive thank you uh, to Sportsbet as always. If you're going to have a punt, you deal with Sportsbet, but make sure to gamble responsibly. You win some, but you lose more. Let's get straight into it, shall we? Ronald Volkman situation at the Dragons. Holy moly. Just when rugby league, you think it can't give any more? It does. It does. Uh, so basically the situation is this he arrives at training he is in a yellow bib so they know that he has an injury of some sort uh, then he is I guess his contract isn't registered yet he goes on the training field he trains the medical comes back that he needs a shoulder reconstruction now I would advise everyone to go and read a great article by Andrew Webster on the Sydney Morning Herald because he uh, actually goes through a lot of um, pretty much like basically what happened. So 
the Dragons believe the Warriors' medical report on January 2nd was misleading. Uh, this is just broad strokes. Go and read the article, guys. It's a great article. Um, in conclusion, this is the Warriors' medical uh, report. It says, medical-wise, he, ma- he is managing chronic sinus inflammation and has been doing well with his current resume. Um, and basically, he took the training field on January 4th wearing a yellow shirt. Uh, Dragon's medical staff instantly saw there was a problem because he was struggling to pass the ball. When the physiotherapist felt his right shoulder, it felt like chocolate in quotations. Um, Marks, according to one official, sorry. It felt like chocolate according to one official's. Uh, Volkman underwent scans Jan, Jan 5th, and when the results returned Monday, it was revealed two screws in his right shoulder had been displaced. The report states that Volkman was suffered in contact injury on December 12th last year. Uh, now, the Dragon statement is basically uh, that they've come out and said, um, you know, while football can be unpredictable, we must forge ahead. Uh, our sincere wishes for Ronald Swift recovery and success in the upcoming chapters of his career. Um, and basically, they've terminated his contract because he deserves shoulder. Re- uh, he needs a shoulder reconstruction. The Warriors have come out and said. Uh, that's due diligence I would have thought a club would take before agreeing to sign someone. We agreed with Ronald Volkman's management that he'd be released immediately. We contributed financially to his release and it was up to his management to negotiate a contract with another club. Whatever the conditions were for him to go to another club is irrelevant to us. Since that release, it was noted that he trained with them. On top of that, his management uh, signed a release and I think it's like a notice of release with the Warriors before, like last year but a contract with the Dragons hadn't been registered since then. So basically, Volkman was training with the Dragons with no contract. Um, Okay, with all of that information out of the way, uh, Guru, give me your thoughts, mate. What a shit show. Absolute shit show. And, you know, I just got a heap more context and I think it makes less sense now. I don't understand how this has all played out and I, I, I don't know... I don't know where it leaves Ronald now because I believe he had two years left on his Warriors deal. Yeah. Went to the Dragons for a one-year deal. They've now said that he's not going to play footy this year. I don't know where this leaves Ronald full stop. I don't... Well, the, the, I guess the positive is he got paid out some of that money from the Warriors. So he's got at least probably some coin to get through this year, I'd assume, if if he doesn't have to pay for the friggin' yeah. the reconstruction. I, I just like, if, if he arrived there at training and all the medicals weren't done yet, why is he out there training? Why has he got a bib on? And then... You know, they're saying there that they realised straight away something wasn't right. They had social media reels made two days after he was there, putting it up in lights that he'd arrived at the club. Like, it just it just makes no sense whatsoever. Look, it, I everyone involved, I think, has done something, you know, amateurish. Mm. But just focusing on the Dragons, I hate to bring it back to what we've been speaking about for probably the last year, but... Surely you wonder why Ben Hunt has issues. You know, we spoke about it at the time. The way that club is being run at the moment is simply not up to scratch. It is not good enough. To bring a player over and have such an obvious injury that an official was quoted, it felt like chocolate. He couldn't even pass the ball. So you're going to let him on the field. You're going to let him train without a contract being registered, without doing the medical. You're going to sign, like, agree to terms without any of that kind of stuff. It's outrageous. And even if the Dragons want to say it's the Warriors' fault, it's the management's fault, they still have handled this absolutely terribly. If you gave me all that context and you blanked out every time it says Dragons there and said, guess which team this is, wouldn't take me more than two guesses. 
outside of now that Shane Richards has arrived, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But, like, once again, would this happen at Penrith? Would this happen at Melbourne? I highly doubt. Well, it's par for the course. You do not announce. Like, for example, we've been hearing whispers about Olam and Bloor yep. for a long time now. They didn't announce until everything is done. I, what I don't get as well, we're not talking about like, and, and this is all due respect to Volkman, we're not talking about a million dollar signing that we're desperate to get to the club. We're talking about a reserve grade player that's barely played any first grade. Timmy, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, so I think first thing is that we're going on the information that we've been given, as always, so you don't want to point fingers directly at the Dragons or Warriors and say they're wrong or they're right. It's what we know. Um, the first thing that came to mind when I saw this news come out was due diligence. And the Dragons and, you know, the reports are that there wasn't an official medical done or like a proper medical done, which is mind-blowing because, to my knowledge, every player in the NRL does and should be given a proper medical to see what their body, where their body's at. Well, Tokiaho, there was word that he was going to sign with mm, the dogs. Exactly. Yep. They did a medical. Found out there was a foot injury, they yeah, didn't sign but it. But every that's every club in world sport does that. Yeah. They do medicals before they sign players. So that just seems so far off to me. Even the fact that the Warriors we literally sat here a week ago and said we were a bit surprised he left the Warriors. We know Harris TV just coming back. They do have a few halves options, but we're like, he wouldn't be costing him that much. He's got a you know, potentially a big future. Looks like he does. So then the Warriors release him two years early, pay part of his contract out. That, to me, says, like, geez, I can't get rid of him quick enough, mm. which sort of didn't quite add up. They've sort of said that they gave all that they're as transparent as they could be and gave the right information. Did they? You know, there's a few question marks around that. The whole feeling his shoulder and said it felt like chocolate. Did, he not, did they not have someone feel his shoulder before they brought him to the club? Craziness. Which is mind-blowing. Craziness. And then, you know, announcing it via social media before they'd actually signed the contract and had it registered with the NRL. What's going on? Not only announced it, they had a post to announce it, then the next day they made a highlight reel yeah. from his first training session. And then they deleted all the... After this all happened, they deleted it all as if it never happened. It's just... Yeah. It is so strange. And as I said, like, look, you can... We, we always say the players are responsible for how they perform on the field. With this example... Are you telling me these players have the best environment to be the best they can be when that's being the club's being run like that? Um, look, even if there is more to come out of the Warriors were completely, oh, sorry, the, the Dragons were completely misled, blah, blah. Let's say that is the mm. facts of the case. Let's assume that. That's irrelevant. It's due diligence on your yeah. part. You yeah. cannot pass blame to someone else and say, oh, you should have told us this. You should, like, they are they're your enemy. You're playing them. Like, yes, you could look at the ethical and moral... Um, arguments of like, is it right? Is it wrong? We'll get to the Warriors situation, but you, as a professional club, need to take accountability for terrible due diligence. Uh, like, it is bizarre to me. And what what disappoints me the most about this is there's a young player right now who has no club. Mm. He needs a shoulder reconstruction. He's a fringe player at the moment. He's barely played first grade, and his name's all over the media as the guy that got his contract torn up before he could even get on the field because they had a shoulder injury. Um, I think his management's fa failed him. I think that the fact that they signed a deed of release or a notice of release or whatever, and then within minutes or, you know, very, very quickly had that next contract registered, I think that's extremely disappointing. Out of all this, you know, the clubs will talk about what they've lost or whatever. The biggest loser is a young man trying to live out his dream, and it's Ronald Volkman. He doesn't know if his shoulder needs a 
we're talking footy players here. They go out with broken ribs, broken noses, broken shoulder, but like we, we praise them for doing that. So they don't know what's happening inside their body. They just go, oh, I've got a bit of a bad shoulder. I'll just push through it. Um, it is so disappointing that a young man is being treated like this. And the RLPA cops a lot of crap from fans sometimes about, you know, going too hard for players' rights and being too strong on it. Look at this. Look at this situation. This is why the RLPA says do not player uh, like train a player before he is registered. All you got to look to is at the Dragons again, Corey Allen, first day, boom, ACL. Like that that he, if his contract wasn't registered, he's he can't like he's done. Uh, it's it's so what disappointing from the Dragons. Incredible timing of those two injuries. Yeah, yeah and the way that's you. planned out. Yeah. Corey Allen does it. He gets paid for the rest of his contract. Ronald Volkman doesn't have one as it stands. So disappointing, and I really hope the Dragons administration uh, are taking accountability for this internally. I know externally, and there's all this legal stuff that goes on, and you've got to pass a buck. I really hope there's an internal like mini review of how this happened, who made the call, why wasn't it pushed to do a medical uh, correctly. Um, now onto the Warriors side of things. I'm, I'm still also now the Warriors have come out and said we're going to treat him as we as if he was still at the club when it comes to his welfare. Their welfare has already reached out to Ronald, um, but regardless of that, the fact that he was training in a preseason and needed a Rico with two screws loose, that's not good enough in my opinion from no. Warriors' perspective. That is absolutely not good enough. Uh, apparently he was he got an injury on the December the twelfth. Uh, that is, look, I'm happy to apologize or be like i was wrong if they did send him for the correct scans and it just for some bizarre reason didn't show up but it seems like they didn't send him for scans correctly or they didn't go far enough to make sure that his shoulder was sweet especially this is the same shoulder that got a reconstruction in 2022 um really disappointing from the warriors in my opinion in in the fact that he shouldn't be doing a preseason if he needs a full re full re shoulder reconstruction and it is the club's responsibility to almost protect the player against themselves because the player might go, no, no, I'm good, I'm sweet, I can get through it. No, no, what's best for your career right now, mate? It's not good for us because we need you as a backup, but what's best for your career is you need a shoulder reconstruction, go and take care of it, you know. Um, thoughts on the Warriors handling? Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. It's sort of, <laughs> it feels like everyone's dropped the ball, you're just trying to work out who's dropped the ball the most. Yeah. And it's a hot feel. <laughs> Oh, mate, it's 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 honestly the mismanagement and incompetence of this whole situation is shocking. Yeah. Um, Timmy, thoughts well, on the Warriors? Well, there was you mentioned that there was uh, what an aggravation of the injury December twelve, according to the report by Webster, and then he just gets backdoored. Seemingly, it all happens very quick. Gets moved out of the club to go to the Dragons. The report says that there's a, a bit of a niggle or whatever it is in his shoulder, but you know he, he's training as per normal. Did the Warriors really not know that there was more damage done to this, hence why they try and get a promising talent out of the club straight away? Maybe they didn't, but mm. it seems a bit too convenient. Even, even if you go, no, nah, they didn't know, that's still not good management. It's a serious how injury. How that out? Yeah, <laughs> how do you not find that out? Like, he can, like, Dragons notice initially he can barely pass the ball, but he's been training in rehab, uh, probably in rehab, mm. with the Warriors, and they didn't go and get scans? What do you reckon... Yeah, I just, I mean, the first thing is it's nice that like something that's been managed so poorly is not nothing to do with my club for once. <laughs> that's that's the one um, piece of positive news I'm taking away from it. But 
Um, it does smell funny. Timmy's spot on. I think that it happened so quickly. They were so keen to get rid of him and he, he's kind of wound up at the Dragons. Um, but I just feel so bad for him that he's got to go through this all now without a club. I know you said that the Warriors' welfare have kind of reached out to look after him, but does that what does that like extend to? Are they going to do his whole rehab and stuff for him or is it just oh, like a, I'm not sure. The quote just said, we'll treat him the way he, if he was still with the club yep. and our welfare managers have already reached out to him. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just it's just a really messy situation. He had such a good year last year, such a promising player. I just hope that um, he has looked after properly, and mm. whether it's one of these clubs or another club, finds a spot for him. You know, when he when he's good to go again. Yeah. I would, I'd say as well, just something else to consider. As you said, like they were quick to get rid of him. I would say the timing of it lined up with Kirk Cable signing mm. as well. So mm. I would say they probably had to free up a, a position or a player there. And I think out of all the players in their squad, when you've got Metcalf, Martin. All these halves. Ronald probably makes sense realistically. Um, I find it interesting. I look at the Dragons right now, and we were sitting here a week ago reading comments from Shane Flanning about Kyle being a nine. If Ronald was good enough for them to bring to the club, and they were excited about him to post all this stuff about him, is it not maybe in their best interest to hold on to him for a year? Who's your next best option in the halves? It's, It's very, like, I'm surprised that you know, and look, I understand like the Roosters have a luxury of this and the big clubs have a luxury of this, but it's not unheard of where something like this happens and they go, you know what, mate, you are our future. We believe in you. We'll give you an extra year on top of like, so we'll give you another year, rehab at the club. And then, whereas I agree with you, it feels kind of like he was almost brought to the club where they weren't confident that he was the future. For them, you know what I mean? Like they weren't fully locked in, like this guy could be a long-term. It was more just, we'll just get him here, see how he goes. And then if he's not what we want, we'll flick him. Like it's almost like optically, it probably would have come across better if the Dragons put their arm around him and go, oh, he's the direction for the future. Mm. But now you, it just opens up a huge bag of worms mm. of what was going on there. So remarkable how quickly things change in the space of week. We sat here a week ago and we were saying, all right, who partners Ben Hunt in the halves? They want to play Kyle Flanagan at number nine this season. Um, you know, obviously Amone's not available. They've lost Sullivan to the Tigers. So we're going Ronald Volkman, who's struggling to play, get picked in first grade in the past 12 months, 24 months. He's now gone. So it now looks like they've got someone like Paul Turner who could come in. Maybe they go Kyle Flanagan back into the halves, probably the most obvious choice. They're in a tough, tough spot now. Yeah. They I, all, it was already question marks around it. Now it's like, well, crazy tough spot. so light on. It's just... Um, God forbid Ben Hunt would get injured at oh. all. And then you've got Kyle Flanagan and... Paul Turner in your halves. And that's yeah. the other thing as well. Like if Corey Allen got injured on the Tuesday and this happened on the Wednesday, I go, okay, they've already lost one roster spot. Potentially it makes a bit more sense there, but for Allen to then get injured the day after, it's like it just makes even less sense. They, mm. they, they wanted Jack Bird said he wanted to play centre this year, which was sort of we thought going to push Zach Lomax to fullback. Do they need to play Jack Bird at 5'8 now because they're so short on them unless they can sign someone? It's... um. Yeah, the whole situation is just mismanagement after mismanagement after mismanagement. And unfortunately, um, the one that pays the biggest price is the young, is the the player with the most, sorry, the person in all of this with the most to lose and the least experience in life gets impacted the most, yeah. which is the most unfair yeah. thing. You know, all these people around him are being paid to take care of him. And it might sound, oh, mate, he's 21 years old, he can take care of himself. Yeah, look. He gets paid to play good rugby league. Other people get paid to coach, 
to administer, to manage a football team. If you're a football manager or you're a recruiter, like that is your job you're specifically. And I just think he's been failed left, right and centre. Like, I really, really disappointing that his contract wasn't registered and that he, that a deed of release was signed before that next contract was literally ready to go, boom. Like, yeah, mismanagement across the board. I think there's not a single person in all this that outside of, you know, Volkman that can say, did they handle this? Not even well, satisfactory. Like, not a single person. Yeah. And so, like, like I, I look at your club, for example, the Cam Raiders, who are short on, oh, you got a lot of young halves at the moment. I just think, just, if Ronald showed up there and got injured, I think the Raiders probably hold on to him because mm. there's a future there. Yeah, it's you 12 could, months. There's not many good halves in rugby league. It's the reality yeah. of it. Ronald has got the potential to be one of those guys. If I'm the Dragons, I don't understand why you don't just keep him. And but, uh, what surprised me as well is how quickly it came out that he's yeah. gone. It's like they didn't even give it a week to sit on and go, you know. Mull the decision. Yeah, let's stop. Let's have a think. What are our options? Can we sign somewhere else? Is there person on the market? Are they even interested? How much would they want? It was honestly, what was it? He did it on Thursday, was it? Or whatever, like, so, yeah. whatever day it was. Um, so scans on the 5th, um, whatever day it was. It was within 48 hours in the public that he was gone. And it's like, is that really enough oh. time to make a smart measured decision now look it may end up being the right decision but how you got to that decision the process is ironically reflecting clearly the process of how you brought into the club this quick you just just put it this way did they need to rush into the decision decision like was it something that was there anything putting pressure on them saying that it had to be made immediately do you sit there and go and put him in a, a development spot still get some decent money for him for this year you build him up, you rehab him. First and foremost, you do the right thing by him. Not that you have to, footy's a business, we know that, yada, yada, yada. But you keep him in the system and you're preparing for next year. And also, as you said, the, the Warriors are paying most of his contract mm. reportedly at the moment. So they're not even paying, like how much could they possibly, if the Warriors are paying most of his contract this year, how much could they possibly be paying him? Yeah. Like what, 100K? Yeah. Like you telling me it's not worth a 100K punt on New South Wales Cups, one of their best halves in the competition last year. It's not worth going, you know what, arm around you, we'll keep you. Because think of the loyalty they'll get. Like, let's say they did that and Volkman turns into the player we all hope he can be. And then the next contract negotiation comes around and they go, Miss, listen, mate, we put your arm around you and had your back. We need you to have our back now because they do it all the time and sign for less. You reckon he's going to say no to that? Like he's going to say, yeah, 100%, 100%. Very, very strange. And I just think at the moment, you know, we're, we're constantly focusing on the Dragons roster and who's going to play where. The biggest concern is administration right now for me. It really is. Like some of these, some of the things that have happened at this club over the last two or three years is mind-blowing, like genuinely mind-blowing. Uh, and what's, what's disappointing about this is this year was supposed to be a fresh start for the Dragons with Fano coming in and, you know, and we're still seeing these these stuff ups from administration, unfortunately. Can you imagine now someone like Jack Bird is a pretty key member of this playing group, certainly one of the more experienced players in the playing group, who has always been so good and I don't think he's ever whinged about being moved from centre to bloody fullback to back row, wherever he's gone, middle to the edge. And he's come out and said, Flano's back, I want to play centre, that's some plan. It sounds like they're willing to try and accommodate that. And now it could be you're actually playing five eight, mate. Yeah. This should be on. <sighs> And then the other option is Flano's going to play number six. Mm. 
I personally think he's, he's either an out-and-out out seven or I actually think he did quite well at nine. Then the, the heat from Flano at six coming into this year is going to be unbelievable. Well, I think that's more likely. Yeah, I, I think it's too, yeah. I think it is too. Flano yeah, I think Flano will yeah, be six. I think, I think they so. have to go that yeah. way, yeah. But think about the heat that's going to be on yeah. Shane uh, Flanagan and his son. The fact that he's going to be playing six, so essentially out of position. Yeah. And maybe he goes on to kill it at six. Maybe this whole time he was a six, you know, whatever. And that'd be great. We would love that story. But the pressure round one is just going to be, you know, whereas if you have a, a guy like Volkman or Sullivan, it would have been good to have him at the moment. I mean, how good does Sullivan look right now? Looks like frigging Darren Lockyer. Mm. Yeah. Um, It'll be better than Lockyer. <laughs> <laughs> so really disappointing. And, and you know... Look, I, I get that clubs will be pointing fingers publicly, but I'd be if this isn't a wake-up call for Dragons internally to go, we need to have a rethink about the way we do it and our processes, then I don't know what is. I seriously don't know what is. And a thought to the real victim out there, Kempi, all the super coach players. Volkman would have got a great little cheapie for us this year. No, I was never going Volkman, mate. Bad <laughs> chat. Bad super coach. You might have to... I'm going to look good in your side, Gary. Might be. A little smoky? A little smoky? Um... So, yeah, I, I hope that the Dragons can bounce back from this. I hope this galvanised them. Uh, uh, Flanagan has been quoted saying that basically it's not a five-year plan, it's a two-year plan at the Dragons at the moment. So within two years, they want to be challenging for a premiership. Really interesting comments from Flanagan because the, the concerning thing about that is is that's like a middle ground between a rebuild and a, a not a rebuild. You know, you look at the Bulldogs, they have basically fully admitted we are in a rebuild um, because they almost had to. Now, I, I really dislike when clubs come out at the start of the season and go, we're here, we're going to play finals footy bar. They get 10 games in, they go, oh, we're actually in a rebuild. That's excuses. But if you're going into a season saying, no, we are in a rebuild, then you can be like, okay, there's a plan there. Um, I love Flano's confidence and it will be one of the most incredible turnarounds ever if he goes from where they are now to a premiership threat in 2025. Unfortunately, I just, I don't see it at the moment. Yeah. I do not see that squad being close to the top tier squads within one season. And is it a wild scenario to suggest that the Dragons could struggle this year? Ben Hunt could potentially want out again at the end of the year. And then it's they're like literally lost, left with Kyle Flanagan, who they signed as a hooker apparently, mm. as the only half in the club. Yeah, A Volkman would come in Heaps handy all of a sudden. He's like 22, 23 by that age. You know, by that year, sorry. Um, thoughts on the comments in regards to 25, Timmy? Yeah. I'd give myself a, a bit of extra, year, another year leeway on yeah. that one. Because he said, I think in the same conversation, he wants to be pushing for finals footy this season. He didn't say expecting to make, he said pushing for, which... I kind of like because you don't really want to say, oh, we're going to finish bottom four, but at the same time, you're heaping pressure on yourself. Realistically, the expectation for them is so low this year. Mm. If they finished outside the bottom four, I'd be surprised. Um, pushing for a premiership 2025, you'd, you'd want to have to have a lot of players up your sleeve on the transfer market. Can you get the exact quote up, please, mm. uh, Manny? Because I'm not sure that... Yeah, I don't see him doing anything, anything too much in the next two seasons. And also, like, that's, his, that's Benny Hunt's last season as well because, mm. like, he's not going to re-sign at the club, I'd assume. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to get it up here, boys. Okay. Uh, Dragons fans have to understand, it's going to be a journey. It's not a long journey. It won't be a five-year plan, but within two years, we'll be back on track. My plan is to get us back on track in 24, but we will have days, have days that are tough. 
Again, I, I'm just struggling to see when you look at the plans and the directions and the signings and who is does Flano plan to make huge signings this this year for 25? But when you look at the negotiations that have happened, most big off contract players have been signed already for 25. Um, like the really the the biggest one that I can think of is is Joey Manu probably that is still not signed for 25. I tell you what, if Flano can get them to pushing for a top eight spot this year, even anywhere around it, and then be playing top eight next year and pushing anything near a premiership. As a bloke who already has a premiership to his name with Cronulla, oh. he will become one of the most sought after coaches in the NRL because it'd be phenomenal. It would be absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I will say the positive for the Dragons at the moment, with all this drama or whatever, you know, Flano does deal well in drama. Like when you talk, it's almost when he's most comfortable. You know, like he loves that shit. Yeah. He loves that shit. So you look at the Sharks and you know the premiership that they won. Like the dramas the year before, literally some of the biggest dramas the game has ever seen. Mm. Arguably the biggest drama the game has ever seen. And he thrived in it. He thrived in it. So if you want one man in chaos, it's probably Shane Flanagan. It really probably is Shane Flanagan. So that's a positive for the Dragons, I think, heading into this you know new period. What's Shane Flanning going to do for a James Maloney right now? Oh, jeez. Maybe get him back from the Cowboys. It's interesting. Uh, like he's obviously up at the Cowboys. Uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you know he moved back to Sydney, then went to North Queensland. I wonder if Flano ever reached out to him to have him on the staff or anything. Yeah. I think of oh, I think, worse people to have. Yeah, on the uh, staff. Yeah, because Dean Young's his assistant coach. Yep. I think Dean Young could eventually be a really good head coach. I think so too. Um, but yeah, so Dragons, um, yeah, unfortunately wasn't the best. As I said, go and read the Andrew Webster article on Sydney Morning Herald, guys. It details everything. Uh, I hope the Dragons can galvanise from this because, unfortunately, this is the last thing they needed heading into a season. Two guys go down with injury, essentially. Then the drama surrounding it. Um, hey, if you think uh, Flano's got what it takes to get him into the eight, six bucks, the Dragons, to make the eight? Six bucks. It's not that bad. The more tantalising prospect for me, though, would be $3.40 for the spoon for them. So, Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Aren't they though like we get to the start of every year and just about everyone says dragons for the spoon. They just never seem to do That's it. That's what I mean. That's what we spoke about this last year on the podcast. Yeah. It's like they just battle their way they in. They battle somehow. Somehow. Yeah. And you're like the footy, the, the style of footy they play is definitely not appealing. But then you go and look at their results and they've like, they've beaten, you know, the Broncos or something, 26-24. Or, and you're just like, hang on a sec. They're sitting ninth on the ladder right now. And it, so... The idea they'd be pushing for finals, even though I, I don't think so this year, but I don't also think it's a crazy thing to say because they've shown a history of that. I think early in the year, the first two months, they might uh, you know exceed expectations. They are a pretty gritty playing unit. As you mentioned, I think Flannel will get in there. He'll galvanise this group. He'll say, look, there's all this adversity against us. Stuff them. Let's not listen to it. And they'll tough out some tight wins early on, especially it takes time for attacks to get up and going. It can be a bit clunky. They'll play probably a pretty simple brand of footy. And that yeah, first two months, they might jag a few wins. But the second few injuries start to hit, their depth is very questionable. Mm. You know, you can only be up for so long. When, when people start the season a little quiet and they peak towards the end of the year, they look at the Roosters who are the masters of it. I think the Dragons will just be like so invested and so heavy early on. Uh, the wheels could fall off, but I think early on they could surprise a few. Yeah, a few I times. agree. I agree with that. I yeah, think I agree. That, yeah. It's just their depth. One or two injuries, and if they get one key injury, 
done. Lose Benny Hunt through Origin period. Good luck winning Especially games. Especially now. Him. Like, if they have one injury to that back line, you're sitting there going, geez, Corey Allen's played Origin. Fuck, he would have been here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, I thought the Corey Allen signing was really smart for the Dragons. Yeah, good little get. Yeah. Good little get. Cheap. He's, he's on his, you know, last kind of effort uh, playing in a role. Um, also, uh, just quickly, been so high on the Warriors, so high. And I, I like the fact that they, they are, um, they're... Uh, welfare officers have reached out to Volkman. I really like that. But I've got to say, you know, it's been such a good ride for the Warriors. This this is just a little bit of a blemish they didn't need. Yeah. Um, and, and a little, I guess a little reminder that it, this greatness that they've achieved so far since, you know, the turnaround, it's not, it doesn't come easy. And I'm sure they know that. But I do think this is a little blemish uh, for the Warriors. It should have been handled better. They're so interesting, the Warriors. Yeah. So interesting. Um. Okay, okay, and, and our best wishes to Volkman. Hopefully he got paid out enough money to see him through the year. Hopefully the RLPA can step in some way and maybe pay for the reconstruction, whatever it is, um, because, you know, this is a young man chasing his dream that's been um, you know, devastated, obviously, by the injury. All right, guys, huge announcement. We are kicking off a new segment, the Bounce Back of the Week, brought to you by Mosh. That is right. Mosh has joined as partners to the Bloke podcast. I am so excited uh, that they're a part of us now. And uh, if this goes well, if you guys get behind it yourselves, uh, it it may be a long-term partnership, and that is extremely exciting for us because we always want to have a long-term rather than a lot of short-term. Um, but anyway, let's get into the new segment, the Bounce Back. We're going to do one of the best Bounce Backs in recent memory. Guys... Just quickly, what was your initial? We'll get to the one that we all decided before the show, but what was your initial best bounce back? My initial thought was uh, probably Justin Hodges and his Origin debut. Mm. Uh, probably one of the worst Origin performances we've ever seen. Uh, I think he got injured the back end of that game as well, and you just thought, he's just not cut out for this. Um, fast forward 15 years later, he's became everything I hate about State of Origin football because mm. he was Queensland for mm. so long. So I think it's one of the great bounce backs from Hodger. Timmy? Joey 05, man. Joey 05. Couldn't get past it. Uh, I had Benji Marshall. Uh, went from the Tigers, went to Rugby Union, came back, one celebrity apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> Raised half a million bucks for charity, knocked off Daryl McMullen, Amy Shark, Willem Woody, Vince Colosimo. <laughs> for me, um, Benji Marshall. Okay. All right. Uh, look, my bounce back that I absolutely love is the great Cameron Munster in 2020. He wins a premiership. <laughs> And he indulges, he indulges beyond belief. So much so he called the greatest coach of all time and said, can I indulge some more? Can I indulge <laughs> some more? Bennett said, you are kidding yourself, mate. Get to camp. He goes into camp. He takes one of the worst team photos in the history of team photos. <laughs> we'll put it up here. It's a shocker, but it's also the best photo ever. He then goes out, plays game one. Uh, crucial, he scores that try where he fends Damien Cook. All that good stuff. Game two. So the bounce back hasn't even finished yet. Game two, he gets knocked out. And you go, oh, well, I'm sure he'll have a quiet game three. We didn't even know if he's going to play game three. He got hit with the, the, the seasonal flu during camp that Queenslanders seem to get hit with. Comes back game three and has one of the greatest performances in an Origin arena in the history of Origin. In my opinion, since I've been watching rugby league, it is only second to Joey's performance. That, for me is one of the great bounce backs brought to you by Mosh. Boys, thoughts on the Munster performance? 
Unforgettable, but as a New South Welshman, so forgettable at the same time. <laughs> uh, what a nightmare that was. The Origin Series at the end of the year and whatnot. And it was great because you could watch for the entire week him just cruising around Byron. Mm. <laughs> you, like, you literally watched it all unfold live. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Look, I'm not surprised it's taken a whole of an episode and a half in 2024 oh, to bring this go. up again. And I'm, I'm annoyed to be talking about it early. <laughs> to do it and go into an Origin Arena and kill it, fair play to him. Mosh, uh, they're obviously called Bounce Back, uh, your hair, Bounce Back. Mosh is the place to go for smart, smarter hair loss treatment. Most men think that only, the only option to try and combat hair loss is to spend thousands at clinics and many don't want to go all the way to the doctors about it. Well, times have changed. Moss is 100% online, so there's no traveling to the doctor clinics or pharmacies. Mosh deals with every bloke on a case-by-case basis. Their Aussie doctors will give you real advice as to where you are in your hair regrowth journey, prescribe, uh, prescribe you what works from over 90 plus treatment variations that are delivered straight to your door. Join over 30,000 other guys in the Mosh hair regrowth family and get $50 off your first treatment plan when you use code BLOKE50. That's right, use code BLOKE50 and you get $50 off your first treatment plan. Completely customized, totally online and cheap hair regrowth solutions for $45 a month. Smarter hair loss treatment all starts with a quiz at getmosh.com.au. As I said, guys, and look, I know you're sitting there going, hey, if I do the re regrowth, the boys will there'll be a bit of banter. But I tell you what, there will be a bit of banter. But if they're your real mates, they'll be happy that uh, they'll be happy that you're happy, baby. They'll be happy that you're happy. So you just got to embrace the banter. Embrace the banter, baby. Embrace, and also, you're actually contributing to the group by a bit of banter. If you can bring in <laughs> a bit of banter and at your expense, that's actually uh, you're doing a service to the crew. Mm. Um, at the Broncos, that's literally what I was signed for the last time. I used to come into the team meetings and talk absolute nonsense. Uh, so, as I said, guys, if, um, if we hit certain targets, so if you're thinking about it, get on board. If we hit certain targets, they will become a long-term sponsor. So, support Mosh because they support us, and then we can uh, have a long-term relationship with Mosh. And a massive thank you to Mosh for getting on board. Uh, okay, let's get into the next uh, segment. Um, okay. Selwyn Cobbo, actually, let's think, let's go, let's go. Sean Bloor, Justin Olam, swap deal has been confirmed effective immediately. Now, we already spoke about the rumors of this, but it is being confirmed. It is done and dusted. Uh, I absolutely love this swap, and I actually love it for both sides. I, I saw some people saying that, you know, Melbourne had won, and then other people's Tigers had won because Bloor had the injury history. I think this is like literally both teams get exactly what they need right now. Uh, and also, from a Tigers perspective, it's quite shrewd because you'd have to assume Bloor was on the, the out anyway, like that he wasn't going to resign there. So they actually got someone in return for him rather than you know, just losing him. Uh, I love this for both players. I love this for both clubs. Your thoughts, Guru? I agree, mate. I love for both. I think it's a real even trade. And, you know, two months ago, if you would have said to me, what's wrong with Melbourne? I said, they're a strike forward short. And we said, what's wrong with the Tigers? I'm worried about the outside backs. Um, both have filled those problems. I, I think that, you know, if I, you know, gun to head had to pick which one I think's one, I'd probably lean towards Melbourne just because of the, what Sean Bloor, I think the potential he has. Mm. But, mate, you're talking about Justin Olam, who's been one of the best centres in rugby league for a long time. In my opinion, coming off his worst season, he's got a point to prove. Mm. I couldn't think of anything worse than Justin Olam with a point to prove. Oh, man. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And we are so quick in rugby league to go, oh, he had a bad year, he's done. And it's like, how often have we seen now where, especially in today's game, 
players can have bad years and they're they're so good clubs with the welfare managers with everything being able to get the headspace right to get them mm. to go again whereas i feel like sometimes back in the day once a player was gone like we didn't have welfare offers and all that kind of stuff when i was coming through once a guy's gone it's just see you like and done. What, what a big thing it would be especially for benji marshall coming in like if he manages to get him back to his best what a tick next to his name 100 percent. like that seemingly bellamy wasn't able to do it for the last mm. year or so mm. if benji manages to do it geez that's a confidence boost for just the club in general mm. Timmy, thoughts, mate? Yeah, I think a win for both of them. Great swap deal, great outcome. I think I'd probably lean in the camp if we're picking a winner. I'd probably go with Melbourne. They just – it adds a bit of – not just depth to their four pack, which I think they desperately needed, but they've also got a bloke who could be, if he can stay fit, injury-free, an 80-minute starting edge back rower, which I think is so invaluable to what that side needs. Um Plenty of injuries the last few years, blow, but if you can put a season together and start stringing some games, we know the upside. You know, you, you hear from people within the Tigers and around NRL circles in recent years, the way they speak of Sean Bloor and what he's capable of. I hope we see him hit his best underneath Craig Bellamy. You look at Justin Olam, who's the experience, he's been there and done it for years. Uh, great resume. You know, we could be six weeks into the season going, the Tigers have won out. Justin Olam's back to his best. He's destroying blokes. He's got his defensive issues sorted. He works in their defensive system at the Tigers. So, as I said, a great result for both clubs. Yeah. I think with the Bloor situation, the only thing holding it out for me for being an out-and-out just win is the injury history. Yeah. That's the only thing because if you've got to go let's, – let's say you're just bringing Sean Bloor, Sean Bloor in and you, he's not going to have any injuries in the past. His, his resume as a junior – you're going, this guy could play Origin. Like, like that's, how, that's how good he was coming through the grades. Um, with Olam, I agree with you, Timmy, that if he hits his form again, that's a Dallium centre. Mm. And you just got a Dallium centre. I'm sure it's not for massive amount of money as well. Uh, maybe there is some being paid, I'm not sure. Like, that's exactly what the Tigers need in the outside backs, is an experienced campaigner that rolls the sleeves up and says, boys, get behind me, um, get on me hair, boys. Get on me hair, but in the backs. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say Dally M Center too, it's not like that was a decade ago. Yeah. It's two, three years ago. Yeah, Max. Like it's really not that long ago. So, yeah. Oh, I think a, a big win for both clubs. Tigers fans, what do you think, mate? Well, it's sad to see Sean go, obviously, but you're quite right. Like, at least, you know, we've got something and something that we needed as well. And you meant you touched on the shrewd nature of it, mm. how we got on the front foot and said, go now and we'll get something. I feel like with the old administration, or, you know, we, we had all the board there before that all happened, this is exactly the sort of thing where we just let a bloke go, get nothing for it, and go, here we go, we're screwed again. Yeah. So at least, you know, that's what's given me a bit of positivity. At least we've got something for it, and it's something that we needed as well. So optimistic. It is also a really good tick for the new kind of management. I know that he's only got a six-month contract with the idea that maybe he does re-sign. I think he just wants to see, Richardson wants to see the lay of the land. But that's a great, like, that's a great get for... Um, the Tigers in such a short time. Like it shows a club that is, cause like sometimes dealing with the storm, they're such heavyweights and, and you know, I guess um, big club, they can kind of push around the little club sometimes. Now, granted they did loan Harry Grant out for a year to the Tigers. Do they, who'd they get for him? Nofaluma? Yeah, no, nah, he went nah, later. Morowski. That's right. Morowski. Yep. Um, so granted it has happened before, uh, but it is it is a good tick that this new management has got in, got this done. It's it's a it's a substantial um, get what exactly what they've needed because like I think with the Harry Grant situation, I think Melbourne were more just going look yeah we'll we'll have someone like good but really we just want minutes in Harry mm. Grant. It was like, a masterstroke. Yeah, from from Melbourne. Whereas Tigers like it 
didn't really like they ended up coming ninth i think uh, uh 2020 yeah ninth might feel a little bit high yeah well they didn't make the finals we know yeah, that yeah. Um, you can guarantee that. And so, like long, <laughs> long term for the Tigers, did it really help the club for the you know for that loan period? Mm. Um, but this deal, this could help them longer term. So I think it's a great deal, really, really good. I'm really interested to see like Tigers all of a sudden now that the board has been um, you know changed and new people have come in, they've fast become like the most interesting team to watch heading into 2024. Would you say top eight can't be this year? I think they've got the roster to challenge for the top eight. The only tough thing with the Cowboys, uh, sorry, with the Tigers, is when you look at the teams that didn't make the eight last year mm. and you go Eels, South, Cowboys, you go, shit, like, now that's a hard ask. But their roster is nowhere near the bottom of the table, especially their forward pack. So we'll, we'll do the season preview probably next week or the week after. Um, Before we move off that, this sparked an interesting conversation in one of my group chats. If you were to have a son named Sean, how would you spell it? I was S H A U N personally. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm E A N. E A N. I yep. think I'm H A U N. Is anyone that? going W N? Like Sean Bloor? No. 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 I don't think so. If you had a stayed, maybe, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but give Sean the Bloor. That's for sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Could <laughs> no, they got more than it deserved? <laughs> I thought it was good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'm here all week, all year actually. <laughs> um, okay, next topic, next topic. Uh, Zach Hoskins signs with the Raiders effective immediately, a well three-year deal. Cheers, boys. <laughs> massive, you. massive congratulations. I asked this on my story, is Timmy a podcaster playing the NRL undercover or is Hoskins an NRL player doing a podcast <laughs> undercover? The results were a resounding win for Timmy is an undercover and NRL player. Sorry, he's a podcaster that happens to be playing NRL. So that's the, the people have spoken. The people have spoken. Um, Zach Hosting signs with the Raiders. If you could have like, if God, if there is a God, and we can get into that if you want. You want to talk about <laughs> this? Okay. We're still the off season. Got to yeah. pat it out a little bit. <laughs> if you could have like created the perfect Ricky Stewart signing, it would have been Hoskins. Like he fits the Raiders so perfectly. I love this signing for the Raiders. Now, are you absolutely obsessed with forwards? Yes, you are. <laughs> but I love this signing. Timmy, we'll go to you first, mate. We are obsessed with forwards. Uh, it'd be great to pay a bit of attention to the back line and spine in particular. That being said, <laughs> we're not paying Zach Hosking 800k a year, to my knowledge. Mm. So it's a it's a great little succession plan for you know for Elliot Whitehead to wrap it up at the end of this year or you know have a, a, a reduced role over the next sort of twelve months. He's a very similar player. He's a hard working back rower, runs a decent line, good worker in defence. I, I love it for us. And if he can hit like we, we've seen over the last two years in relatively limited opportunities, certainly at the Broncos and even at Penrith, he had some decent opportunities. But I, I think the emergence of Scott Sorensen as an edge back row as opposed to a sort of bench middle impact forward reduced his opportunities a little bit. But he looked great every time I saw him play for Penrith. I thought, we'll have got him at a good price. He comes down. I think he can slot straight in for Elliot Whitehead, whether Elliot is an 80-minute back rower all of this year and we're looking towards the following year. I think he's a great signing. And as you said, he he stands for everything that Ricky Stewart wants in a player. Mm. Hard worker, he's got ticker, seems like a bloke who'd have a great attitude and a great work ethic, so great signing. I think like when you look at who the Raiders were chasing, for how much money they would have to pay for Keon, for Fafida, 
for what you get for Hoskins, you, you could make the argument it's a better signing for the club. Like, I don't think that the club needed an explosive edge-back rower yeah. uh, right now. They've got Hudson Young. Like, how many games does that bloke mm. want? Like, we've got a guy that I know that, you know, he played one game and he... Oh, he ended up getting... Did he get... Two, dropped? I think. Two. Anyway, so... But he, he, there was one game where he didn't play, correct? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Um, you've got a guy like Hudson Young. He can be your X-factor. Sides are all about balance. And I just wonder if they had have got Fafida and Keon, who are guns in their own right... But A, they're going to cost you at least $800,000. B, you're almost unbalancing your side because you can't have two game breakers on either side. You need, you, um, look, you don't need, but history would suggest you've got one side that is a game breaker, other side that's just a workhorse. That usually is the best uh, balance of edge back rolls. But the, but the 800 to a mil that we would have paid for Dave Fafita, Keon, whoever it might be, we don't need that in the forwards. Yeah. Keep that in reserves and make a big yeah. play for a spine player because yeah. that is what we need, not another gun forward on big money. That's yeah. why I was so surprised that there was so many whispers about Fafida and Keon because I'm just like, I just why spend that money into an area that you are so dominant in? Like, mm. especially when you know you got and look. To be fair, in Ricky's defence, he has gone uh, got some young rookies in the halves that will be you know ready in a few years. Uh, but you know, maybe you find an outside back. Maybe you find uh, maybe a game break. Yeah, like what, you could find some pretty good uh, fullbacks for eight hundred grand. Yeah, pretty bloody sure. good fullbacks yeah. for eight hundred grand. Yeah. Um, so I love this signing. It's got it's got a Ricky Stewart special all over it. Where if we're sitting in there two or three years, going, mate, he is the grittiest, toughest, most underrated forward in the comp. Like it, it really does remind me of that. Love this signing. Um, Anything else on that signing there? Yeah, I just thought towards the back end of uh, 2023, Hosking, like he fell out of favour a little bit at the Penrith Panthers. I think defensively, just lacked a little bit. Yeah, which is, you know, I was going to say, like, I just think it, I think people look at Hosking because he's been around for a couple of years and he's older. Like, I think it just shows how fucking hard first grade is. Mm. Being an 80-minute back row, week in, week out, it, it, like it takes a toll. You saw Jackson Ford at the Warriors. Exact same thing happened. Mm. Looked amazing. Then the back end of the season all started to catch up for him. I think for, for the Raiders, huge advantage that he's got that season under his belt. Nice. I reckon he'll be much better for it yep. now. And, yeah, if you're moving forward into the future with a, you know, one-edge Hudson Young, one-edge Hosking, and it means you can – like, I would rather see the Raiders blow that 800K or a million on a halfback, 5'8", yeah. an outside back. Mm. I think I think it's a really nice little signing. Yeah, And I you know it. he's going to do well under Ricky. Ricky's going to fucking love this bloke. Mm. And, the, and the best thing about a guy like him is you know he's not going to do bad. Mm. Like, you've got a guaranteed solid NRL I don't see how we lose. Like, worst case, he is awesome depth for us on, I said, probably not a massive wicket. Realistically, he probably plays off the bench a lot this year. If there's an injury to Whitehead or Hudson, he becomes a starting edge back rower. Seems like a really safe bet. And I think he's the sort of guy, like, as you said, you can't lose with. Whereas if you get a Fafita down there... You can lose. Do you have the guys that know how to use Fafita? Do you have the structure to get the best out of Fafita? Yeah, I I love the direction they've gone in. Yeah, it's a good point in regards like Fafita and Keon. It's like, individually, they'll play well, but will they play worth a million dollars or 800K? And as you just said, will they be used correctly? I mean, it's taken Kieran Foran to go to the Titans to get the best out of Fafita. Now, granted, Fafita had some really good years. It was the price tag that kind of outweighed everything, but the best year that we've seen has been outside for him. It's a different conversation about Fafita today if Foz hadn't arrived there. Yeah, though, for without sure. Without a doubt. For sure, absolutely. Hosking absolutely. also, 
It was, it was Hosking last year. They got moved to centre a few times. He played Crosby. a few times, yeah. yeah. And he was awesome there. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, he's not a starting centre in the NRL. But as far as utility value goes, where if you've got, you've got your four pack and you don't have utility on the bench, to be able to slot Hosking in at centre, if push comes to shove and there's injuries, mm. handy little attribute. You're winning every game by four points. Mm-hmm. Having a mad defensive centre would probably come in handy yeah. if <laughs> need be. Like, and I, I personally think he's tough enough. If you need a stint in the front row, he'll, he'll do it. For sure. Yeah. You just need to get him in there 20 minutes to go hard. I think he could do it. Um, okay. Uh, this is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp, our show partner this week. It's the start of a new year and we all have our own resolutions. Some of us want to get fit. Some want to learn a new skill. Some of us want to watch more footy. But there's a lot of us that are probably just want to improve our mental health. If you're thinking of getting a hand with your mental game, get in touch with BetterHelp. Their services are entirely online and designed to work around you and your schedule. We all need a little guidance from time to time. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bloke. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bloke. You get 10% off. Now it's reported AJ Brimson will play center. The reports were also that Campbell will play fullback expected to beat Keono, is it Keono, Keano? Keano Keeney. Keano Keeney uh, for the role. Uh, just a side note, I am surprised at how much noise Keeney is getting yep. to that he's, you know, obviously every team you're competing for spots, but I felt like Jaden Campbell is like locked, like Campbell and Brimo are locked in ahead of Keeney, but I've been quite surprised at how much it's being pushed, even kind of from Titans as well, mm. that Keeney is like, on an equal footing with them and potentially going to get the spot. He must be, you know, he must be, you know what, training the house down. <laughs> he must be training the house yeah. down. Um, but, yeah, anyway, Brimo to centres. Look, what I like about this is a decision has been made early, it looks like, and they're going with it. Um, now, they actually have quite some good outside backs. Is, is centre Brimo's best position? No, it's not in my opinion. But... We all have to look back at Tom Trevojevic's best year, who was it under? It was under Desi. Now, I know he was playing fullback, but he went into origin and he played that kind of roaming role. You know, I'm sure Desi, I guess, had some influence on that and some input on that. And so I wonder, because I, I don't see Brimo being a typical centre that sits out on his get wing, uh, sorry, on his edge, and just basically waits for the game to kind of come to him, does his work. I think we're going to see a centre that comes in Ball plays a little bit, scoots a little bit. So, as I said, I'm not sure if I'm sold on Brimo moving to centre, but what I am sold on is for too many years, it's two years now, they've been umming and ahhing with Campbell at 14 when he's not a 14, he's also not a 6, and they've gone, you know what? We need Campbell in the starting side. We know Brimo can play anywhere in the outside backs, essentially, and they've made the decision early. Thoughts? Yeah, I like I personally think, Brimson is the best fullback at the club. Mm. Agreed. But it is such an... And you know what? There's... You know, when I, when I have a look at them, like, like Keeney looks like he is super talented, but he's not proven in first grade. Yeah. Jaden Campbell is proven in first grade. Brimson's proven at state of origin level. Mm. So I like... He, I think he is the best fullback at the club. But I agree, just to make it all work, I think you're better off having Jaden Campbell at fullback. Mm. I think it's very evident from what we've seen of Jaden Campbell that you can't have him defending in the front line. Mm. Uh, so fullback, I think, is his best position. And then, you know, for, for me, I, I straight away, I'd rather have AJ Brimson at 5'8", for example. Yeah. But 
then what are you doing? You're moving Kieran four and a half back, which Tanner gets pushed to maybe four. Tanner gets pushed. If Kieran Form retires at the end of this year, you've had Tanner sitting on the bench for a year. So like there, there's all like I think it's very evident what the Gold Coast Titans have done and there is direction. I hate it for AJ Brimson, to be mm. completely honest with you. But that center role, it is just it's adapting so much in the modern game. The center mm. role is almost becoming like what the lock forward role was four or five years ago. It's you, you use it how it suits your team almost. Mm. Yeah. Like for me, for example, when Val Holmes got moved to the centers, I straight went, I fucking hate that. He's mm. not a center. Yeah. Now I love him at centre. Yeah, and he, he does play it quite a unique way too. He does. Yeah, Almost he like a winger way. to a degree. And as you said, you know, when you look at Desi Hasler, he's got a history with certain guys. Like, oh, I look at the way that he used to use Jamie Lyon at centre. Mm. Like, Jamie Lyon played like no other centre at the game. Yeah, he was pretty true. much playing a second 5-8 role. Yeah. I think with Brimo, sure, you wear three or four on your back, but you play AJ Brimson footy. Mm. You do your thing out there. And I think, yeah. I th- I think it can work. It's just... Uh, it's just when we... Like, for the Gold Coast Titans that have never... Been able to attract, you know, absolute superstar all-time talents to be able to have these three guys in the same room. I think you've just got to make it work somehow. Mm. Maybe this is the best way to do it. Speaking of superstars, you know they missed on Guru. Yeah, myself. Yeah, <laughs> they never forgave themselves. Not if I was in the recruitment department. Nah. <laughs> they never forgave themselves. Yeah. They're still kicking themselves for that. Um, <laughs> Local junior, mate. Well, not a local junior, actually. Just a local that happened. To be Could, you have been a foundation player? <laughs> Could you have been a foundation player? Would that have lined up? 06, you could have been, couldn't you? Were you in the Broncos system? No, I was in uh, Broncos system 05, I think. Like so. Yeah, so, so they came in in 06, so you could have. 07, 07 came in. So I think it might have been just a year too early. Yeah, okay. Um, did, did you and Jordi Rapana cross paths through juniors? I know you're a late bloomer, late starter, I should say. Well, I, did, I didn't play any juniors. That's what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. even like it sort of, when did you start? 17, 18 or something? I went straight into Broncos under 19s. 19s. Because, yeah, Rapper was a, he's a Gold Coast junior as well, similar age. Mm. Just thought you might have crossed paths. No, nah, no, nah, I went because the Brisbane side that was under 19s for Broncos was West. West um, and we played in the, in the Brisbane comp. So. Cross paths, Kavalav? Um. Dangerous. I mean, the only time I remember going to Cavalave, I got in a massive punch on, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Guys called me some slurs and I could defend myself. <laughs> How did it I mean, I, just, I defended myself. <laughs> I said, I'm not that slur you just called me, even though it's okay if you are, I'm not that. <laughs> got the fisticuffs up, defended my honour, <laughs> even though it's okay. Get your dukes up. Handled myself all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Brimo to centre. <laughs> um, look, I think that, okay, if there is one knock on the halves pairing for the Titans, is that attacking punch they don't have. Like, so Foran, he's older, so he doesn't have that explosiveness, even though I think that Tanner and, and Foran, I thought Foran was great last year, but that punch that, that you compare to like a Dylan Brown or a Cam Munster, they don't really have, which is okay because you get trade-offs for it. But the beauty about that is I feel that at times, as you suggested, Brumo can go, all right, boys, I'm going to jump in at six for this set. Tanner or whoever, just jump out there for a little bit. Yeah. Probably Tanner. Um, and we, and that's how he can kind of get Brumo in the game where he needs to be, almost like five metres in closer than a fullback would be. And you're going to see sets of Brumo to Campbell, which is scary as shit. And that's where I'm very confident that this all looks a little bit strange to us, as most things does Hasler. Does, ah, uh-huh. it all doesn't quite make sense. Like, I remember 
the early 2010s when we were in the absolute peak of the wrestle and everything and he had this Canterbury side where all the forwards were passing the ball 15 times a game you go what the fuck's that they go to two grand finals in three years mm. like Desi just sees it all a little bit differently mm. um, and that's the beauty of Des Hazler so I'm sure it'll look a little bit strange I'm, I can't wait for the press conferences with Des Hazler to be back and oh, hearing him explain all this when everyone's doubting him and he just sits there and goes yeah, good as gold I'll show you how it's done what do you reckon Timmy? Yeah, I don't like it at all, to be honest with you. I, I just think, you know, we know how much of a talent AJ Brimson is in the game. He's done it at origin level. He's done it, for, you know, for a fair while now at club level. I just think he's such a star of our game. He has a lot of, like, probably what, soft tissue injuries where he misses games here and there and he'll miss two months and he'll come back one game at fullback, 5'8", whatever it is, and he'll be the best player in the field. Like, he is a freak. And I just think you're... You, taking such opportunity away from him to impact the game at centre. Mm. I don't think centre's his position at all. Uh, I think, as you, you mentioned, and I'll get to in a sec, around Desi and how he may or may not utilise him. He'll find a way to get him involved in games, but I just think... I wish he was at fullback. I would probably have him at 5'8", um, and have Kieran Foran playing as a seven, getting around the park. Foz does that anyway. He wears the six, but he's a great game manager. And if you need to step up and do it even more so alongside someone like AJ Brimson... I think Brimo's wasted at centre. How will Desi use him? He'll have a plan there. He'll get him more involved, but you're also potentially overcomplicating things a little bit. Get him roaming, get him involved, but oh, I, I, I don't like it. But I think that's the – and that if you're talking about 2024 standalone season, mm. I would do that as well. But, you know, if Foz retires at the end of this year, we're sitting here in a year's time going, okay, well, who's the mm. halfback? We haven't seen Weaver. We haven't seen Tanner Boyd in a year now. So I think the Titans are, are trying to look a little bit further down the yeah. track. And, and even like you look at, uh, which is fair, uh, you look at saying Val Holmes made the move. Val, as you mentioned, Kebby, he's almost like another winger because he has such a high work rate. He runs that real hard, bat out of hell line, which I don't, not saying Brimson can't do that, but I don't think that's his strengths. Mm. He's got a good running game, but it's because he's got such nimble footwork. He sees what's in front of him opening up really well, reads a game. I think Senna's weird. I am super excited to see how it plays out mm. and how Desi plans to get him involved and where he's going to... As I said, he, like he has to roam and get involved and try him into the back line in different spots. That's exciting. Mm. I just... I don't rate it. I'll tell you what, I think the Gold Coast Titans, uh, and it's credit to them, I guess, but geez, they're lucky just how loyal AJ Brimson oh. is to the Gold Coast. Because mm. if I was AJ Brimson, like I personally, I, I think he's a top 10 fullback in rugby league. Mm. I don't think... I think higher. Real, I, I think higher too, but at minimum, top 10 fullback. Yeah. And at the moment, he might not be top two at his club. Mm. And, and then you add in the defensive concerns. I don't know if he's played much outside backs in his career. I'm going to assume not. Certainly not at NRL level, maybe in juniors. It's a big, big job. We talk about it all the time, but to go from defending as a fullback to a centre, he's going to get so much pressure out there. Mm. So I'm... Yeah, it's, I'm just, it's such a... I, I believe Brimson is the best fullback at the club, but it is such a tough question that you have to ask yourself as a coach. Do we continue developing the most key position on the field, number seven, and trade that in for giving Brimo a better position, which may be six, and getting Campbell on the field? It's like, I think that it's just one of those decisions where there's no right answers. Like, you're going to lose somewhere. Yeah. And I think that Desi's probably sat down and gone, where's the one place you can't lose the most out of everything? It's number seven. Mm. And I think that's probably what swayed his decision of Tanner Boyd seems like the guy going forward for them. If not Weaver, but Tanner Boyd seems like the guy. If I 
take something away from that position by not letting him play for the year or putting him in reserve grade, how much is that going to impact my chances of winning a comp? Whereas if I take Brimo and put him in the centres and Campbell gets more game time, how much does that negatively impact us winning a comp? Probably not that much. Not that much. Yeah, and I'd play Tanner at 14 if I did how, how I sort of structured the spine. And I understand that they're in a tough place and Desi's come in and he's, it's a, he's got this luxury. He's got so many riches to choose from with all these talented players. What a great position for the club to be in, firstly. Mm. They've been in it for a couple of years now. Mm. And it's finally now they're saying, all right, make the big call to get them all in. We've got to play Brimson. And I understand it. <coughs> I just... I personally would have gone a different way from it. I, I understand the, you know, the emphasis on the number seven, wanting to keep Tanner Boyd. If I was to put Tanner Boyd to 14, I'd feel horrible because he deserves to be and he's proven that he's good enough to be a starting number seven in the NRL. Mm. But they've just got this such luxury of riches. Mm. I just think with the Tanner situation, you need him playing as many minutes as possible as the seven in NRL. Mm. Like if as a club, you need to commit to that seven... Otherwise, it's going to be, let's say, you know, you moved into 14, you're heading into 2025 going, is Tanner Boyd the guy? Is he not the guy? Now, if he goes there and doesn't play well, let's say Tanner has a bad year, you go, well, he's not the guy we need to recruit, we need to bring, you know what I mean? You get answers. Um, I, I know this is not a great way of looking at it, but Kieran Four and AJ Brimson, quite a, a, a terrible injury history between them. They've missed a lot of games over their careers. If you've got Tanner at 14, I think there's every chance you see him starting for a lot of games this year anyway. But I think you also want to build that belief in Tanner that you're the guy. Yeah, yeah. You're the sure. guy moving forward. Yeah. Like, AJ can be the superstar, but they need someone to give them direction. And mm. like, oh, I think the Titans, like, I think their forward pack is unreal. So it's exciting. fantastic. So they've got that sorted. It's, but you're right, like, it is just such a tough position that if you're trying to get the best team on park in 2024, I think it's Brimson at six, mm. Foz at seven. But then if Foss retires at the end of the year, like you're just left going, okay, well, where are we now? Mm. And you talk about like <coughs> clubs in rebuilding phases like Tigers, like the Dragons, the Doggies. Look, I don't think the Titans are going to win the comp this year, but I do think they can make the eight. Mm. And I think best case scenario, they can be pushing for top four because they've got so much talent in this roster. So it's not like you go, all right, 2024, we build and we add to 2025. I'm like, no, I want to have success this year. Like mm. we've got a good side. Yeah. It, it, I think if I'm looking at it, I, like, I agree with you. At best, they can finish top four. At, at okay, satisfactory, they should be at least fighting for the eight. But when I look at the age of that forward pack mm. and I look at the age of Tanner Boyd, I go, when are we really going to win a comp? It's going to be at the super earliest 25, but probably six mm. or seven. And I think that's probably what's made him wait up and going, okay, He's safe the first year. Whatever happens, he's going to be safe. Oh, that's where he's gone. He's, they're not going to come out and – like Desi Hazler is never going to come out into a season and go, I'm just going to build for next year. Yeah. But I just think that if his goal is a premiership, it's the, I think it's the right call for the club as a whole, but it's probably not the right call for Brimo individually. Um, but I totally see what you're saying. Like, and, I, it's, it's, and fuck, it's tough. It's if, so tough. It's so tough. If Desi makes it work and he, he tailors a game plan and this unique style of centre for AJ Brimson, so exciting. Mm. Like, and he does manage to make it all fit without taking away, you know, the ball playing strengths of AJ Brimson. Like, they could go. Maybe, maybe it's also a potential, maybe Desi's buying time of going, okay. Brimo's going to be around for a while. I want to see how he defends in the front line. 
Boz retires next year and then I, I move Brimo into that six role because I've seen how he goes for that first year of NRL defending in the front line. Maybe that's what he's looking at. Yeah, like a, a, a little looking to the future. Yeah. A Brimo Tanner halves combination. Yeah. Yes, please. Because that, that is something nice. that's exciting. And if you're, you know, I know it's one over and centre is different defending at three, but it's much closer than defending at fullback. Mm. Like, make So, what do you reckon, Hammy? Well, I was wondering how Brimo feels about having to play in the centres. It's probably my big question. I think you've raised some good points, and particularly can be about like getting them all out on the field now uh, and, and kind of also keeping a bit of an eye to the future there, too. I, I don't know. I just feel like he's a little bit wasted at centre, mm. but um, yeah, I mean, you just got to get him out there and make it work for the balance of the team, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'd want to be like a long-term centre though. So whether, you know, your point there about him moving into six after a year or two um, might be the way to go. But I, I, yeah, I don't know how he's feeling about it. And, you know, if, he, if he's sitting there at centre and that, that's where he's got to play because they've got Campbell there, is that the sort of thing that might make you want to look around a little bit? Mm. Um, and you definitely don't want to lose him. So mm. tough situation, but, um, you know, they've probably just done the best with, with what they've got at the moment. Boys, you want a super coach hot tip? Yep. Yes, please. Campbell, fullback. Not bad. Paying up for You're it. You're actually on the radar here. There you go. There yeah. you go. There's your tip. It's free this time. Won't be free next time. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about Bo Fermor returning? Mate, love it. Love it. Uh, I'm actually excited for Bo Fermor because he was – was he in the Queensland squad? He was definitely in the conversation he was on Queensland. The yep. um, yeah, can't wait to see him back. Uh, but with the Titans – I am so excited for them as a club. I'm writing an article as we speak on the Titans, but like, it's almost uh, sink or swim from at the moment where there's almost no excuses anymore. They've got good backers of the club, like good owners of the club. They've got one of the best coaches we've seen in a very long time. Their roster is one of the best young forward packs in the competition. Like, there really is no excuse for them not to be playing finals footy over the next couple of years. And the beauty of the massive problem we're talking about is literally they've got too much talent. Yeah, yeah. which has always a been a unbelievable drama for Like, as you said, like, obviously, Kieran Foran. A lot of injuries over the last few years. Like, it's almost at the point where if during the year, if Kieran Foran has a five or six-week spell, I go, okay, mm. let's have a look what 2025 looks like. It's yeah. almost... There's almost a silver lining if Foz does miss a little bit of footy. Like, there was times last year where I was watching Foz and, you know, he's just too tough for his own good, but I was going, fuck, he needs a few weeks off here. Yeah. And if they get to that point again this year, which I reckon they probably will because Foz is too tough for his own good, Jesus, it'd be great to see Tanner and Brimo have a few weeks yeah. together. Yeah. And you go, all right, Foz goes down, you move Brimo into the halves, or you get what Aussie schoolboys half that Tom Weaver come yeah. in. But what, what really excites me at Weaver, and we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're doing the season preview, but what excites me at Weaver... <laughs> is he has a massive boot on him. And I think that's one part of the Titans game where you're like, Foz can kick, decent. Uh, Tanner Boyd, decent, but they don't have that massive boot that Weaver did. I think he, he ended up kicking for like 800, 900 metres on his debut, like yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, that's exciting because like you look at the best team in the comp, Nathan Cleary, what does he have that is better than everyone else? It's a short, long, medium range kicking game. Um, but yeah, really exciting times for... The uh, Titans now onto their big brother and will always be their big brother. Uh, <laughs> what is that controversial or am I going to get hate? No comment. We get some hate you. in the comments. You'll get a little bit of hate. A little bit of hate. Yeah. Got, got haters, bro. <laughs> that, that's when you know you made it. <laughs> Kempe, the, the, the dishonor of Kempy going against his local homegrown area of Gold Coast and he's just just dissing him. No, 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 no. Let's be real here. You got to be loyal to the person that. That, that saw something in you. And that's what the Brisbane Broncos did, mate. <laughs> um, 
I mean, to be fair, Titans, how can you sign a guy that's not actually playing rugby league right now? <laughs> that is probably why they didn't sign me. Now, they could have gotten down the road. Well, actually, I was in Brisbane playing for the Queensland Raw at this stage. But they could have picked me up as a 15-year-old. I was still down at Palm Beach playing for Gold Coast United. So, mm, soccer. Never, never had the vision. Didn't have the vision. They weren't like Rue. Rue would have been down at soccer <laughs> looking for some rugby league potential players. In uh, Imagine Postacoglu's ear down there. The absolutely. <laughs> Imagine watching soccer and going, yeah, some of these boys could play rugby league at a professional level. <laughs> Yeah, good <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Um, okay, Selwyn Cobbo to play centre. Kevin Walters has confirmed that Selwyn Cobbo will play centre for the Broncos to start the season. Who plays right wing? Uh, look, I don't know whether this is the right call, but I do know that I'm not surprised that they made this call. I think a lot of people were kind of like, what, where's this come from? It's like, I, I, I don't, I'm not surprised by it, but we spoke about it in the Suwali'i situation. Mm. Wingers, in my opinion today, are probably more important than centers. And they get more ball usually. And so when you've got a guy like Selwyn Cobo, I just wonder, is it worth losing what he does out of our own end and what he can do on the wing to put him in center? It's worth losing if you're gonna use him correctly, for sure, because then you've got Latrell Mitchell, GI as examples, Joey Manu. Um, but that's the question that has to be answered, whereas, you know, if you put a guy like Mariner, you can afford to have a, a guy like Mariner or Jesse Arthurs, you know, kind of, you know Jesse Arthurs and Mariner are going to come in and do the, the really tough work. The thing with Selwyn is you don't want to lose that X factor that you have on the wing. Um, if you're bringing Mariner in, let's say Mariner pipped Jesse Arthurs, even though, um, actually, I'm getting that wrong, aren't I? Because Jesse Arthurs will be on one wing and the other wing will be the Dean Mariner. Oh, sorry. Corey, it's between Corey Oates, Jesse Arthurs, and Dean Mariner with the wings, correct? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But let's just assume you're going to bring Dean Mariner into the centre. Because he's a rookie, you could almost go, we want him in centre. He's not doing as much work and he's not as vital to our attack because he's a rookie. So we can kind of like, that's okay. Um, what do you reckon, Guru? Yeah, my initial reaction was that I didn't like it. Mm. And I sort of sat back and I thought more about it and it started to appeal to me more and more. I just, I just love him on the right wing, though. I just think, like, I don't have any stats to back it up or whatever, but my vibe is that there probably wouldn't be a half and wing combination that produced more points than probably Adam Reynolds and Selwyn Cobber. Mm. Like, the amount, like the, the amount of times that they're connecting off kicks, pass, whatever it might be, I, I love that little combo. The thing that I worry about is moving Selwyn Cobber to that side is that you're now going to have – that edge is going to go Pia Ezra Mam, Selwyn Cobber – it's a lot of inexperience. And maybe Mariner, if, if he... If he hits, gets that gig, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a very inexperienced edge. Mm. And for me, if I'm playing Brisbane, I know where I'm going. Yeah, all day. Every single day of the week, uh, which would be a big test. I think they... Who do you play round one in Brisbane? You play uh, in Vegas. Mm. Roosters. And then I think round two is Penrith at Penrith. So yeah. it's going to be... Joey Manu first, and yep. then... And then Isaac Tungo, yeah. Nathan Cleary's edge. Taylor May, yeah, something. Yeah, it's going to be a tough gig. Mm. Brian Tyo, uh, so it'll be a baptism of fire. That's the only thing I don't like about it. It's round three, Penrith. So you've got Campbell Graham or... <laughs> it's proper baptism yeah. of fire. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll get worked out quickly uh, if there's an issue there. And I, Campbell Graham and Jackie Whiten. Oof. Yeah. I, I quite often found for Brisbane last year, I thought your weak point quite often was that in defence, Selwyn Cobbo and Staggs. Mm. So I actually don't mind the idea of splitting those two up, but I'm not sure how Selwyn's going to go defending at centre. A little bit of concern as well, if you've got two centres, Selwyn Cobbo, Katoni Staggs, on paper you're sitting there going, 
stop the, you know, stop the press. But how are you going to balance the ball to both centers? Yeah. You know, you need, uh, we spoke about it with the edge back rollers, you need one dominant center and one good defensive center. Whereas like, Katoni Staggs already doesn't get enough ball. Uh, Timmy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, throwing off some uh, negative Nancy vibes today, but I do not like it. <laughs> I, I just don't really understand it. You've got Selwyn Cobbo, who's still pretty early on in his career, but he's such a star winger and, you know, you give him an inch and he's gone because he's so quick, he's so strong. He's one of the best finishers in the game. Sure, he's got a few deficiencies, you know, a few question marks under the high ball at times, a few defensive reads, but I'll tell you one thing, the defensive reads aren't going to get any easier playing at centre. I think they've got someone like Dean Mariner who played all of last season in Q Cup at centre and was terrific, just a ready-made little replacement. You mentioned there that on top of that, he's going to have to move sides to accommodate all this. I think your Suwali comparison last year is very similar to me. It was like, I don't, whether it's best for the team or if the player wants to move and play centre, but I think he's going to get in there, he's going to get less ball, he's going to get ball in less space. You know, his runs might go from 15 to 20 a game down to 8 to 10 because, as you said, they're still trying to get ball to the other edge of Katoni Staggs. He's got that great attacking combination that Guru alluded to with Adam Reynolds. I don't know. It's not like they were desperate to find a centre like a certain club might be, which might force a change. You've got a ton of centres to choose from. Mm. And I know you've got a lot of wingers as well, but I just sort of thought Mariner would have come in, Cobb would stay on the wing. Mm. Would you assume that if... You know, Kevin Walters come out and said this. Would you assume that Selwyn is asked to be given a shot at that? Like, you're yeah, saying Selwyn wants? Maybe, maybe, because there is, I still think there's this vibe that centres are more important than wingers. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this kind of old school thinking. What do the Broncos gain out of putting him to centre, do you think, rather yeah. than the wing? What is the benefit? It's, well, it's the tough thing. The reason why I don't know whether it's the right call is because we could be sitting here in 12 months going Dallium centre of the year. Yeah. Because he's so talented. He's so talented that he'll go well there but I think he is going to offer a lot more on the wing. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I'm a big fan of keeping your strike players on the wing because I just think that they, for some reason, in today's game, they just are in positions more to change games. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised about it, but I'm just unsure whether it's the right call. Maybe, maybe they're a bit hesitant to put Dean Mariner in that centre spot because he is a rookie and that's why they're doing it. Um, and I, I think as well... We, we got to remember, you know, we always say, who's he play like? Latrell Mitchell, GI, like similar mm. kind of styles of play. You know, if you were to say, if, if he is to reach that potential in centre, then you go, well, I'd, you, what, you'd never put Latrell or GI on the wing in their prime. You'd put him in the centre. So if he does hit those heights, then it's the right call. But I, I do think the game has kind of moved a little bit away from that, uh, where wingers have just become so important. So... I personally, I probably would have kept him on the wing. Mm. Probably would have kept him on the wing. Um, now, maybe they're looking at it like Jesse Arthur's on the wing. Well, and, oh, Corey Oates or, or Dean Mariner. Yeah, look, I probably would have kept him on the wing, but I am absolutely not close to the, the idea that we could be looking in 12 months' time going, that's a Dallium centre of the year. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's a weapon. I, I yeah. would also wouldn't be stunned if by round out if he's back on the wing. Back on the wing, killing it. Um, and it's Jesse Arthurs or Dean Mariner in the centre's position. Yeah. I think I, I actually probably would go Mariner there. Like if I had to make the call right now without seeing the preseason, because you've got to remember as well, we're doing this just to what we see 80 minutes on the weekend. Yep. Whereas Kevy and that, and every single club, they see what these guys do at training all the time. So there's got to, uh, like, there must be certain things he's seeing that really 
suits his uh, position for at sure. And, and like Desi Hasler with AJ Brimson at the yeah. Titans, you know, watches him there. He's probably, I'm sure, he's trialed him at centre, you know, throughout the preseason so far. And he's tried all these things we've talked about about getting him into the back line and sweeping and doing all that. And it's probably worked. You know, we can't see that. Yeah, because like when I when I look at Selwyn, like imagine him on that overs line with that big fence. Yeah. Like that is dangerous, and uh, that flick out the back with such a big body and how quick he is. It, yeah, so I don't think it's the wrong call, but I also don't know whether it's the right call right now. Even like if they're thinking they've got so many wingers, let's you know, shore up the centre spot. Like Jesse Arthur's played essentially the whole season in 2022 at centre for the mm. Warriors. But I think with Jesse Arthur's, he is so valuable on the wing with his tough carries mm. that you're just like, I need I like Arthur's yeah. on the wing, but they're not short of options either yeah, way. for sure. What do you reckon, Amy? Yeah, well, I just think uh, Australian winger, origin winger, one of the great... Uh, sights for me in rugby league is just Selwyn just tearing away yeah. down that wing. So from a selfish, you know, neutral perspective, I want to I want to keep seeing that sort of thing. Mm. Also, uh, a nut trucker of note, <coughs> bringing the ball back. You yeah. know, he's not going to do as much of that in the centres. That said, though, he will be a great centre for all those reasons you just sort of said. You can see him doing the little flicks out the back. He's got a big fend, um, and yeah, he does remind you of some of those guys who have done really well there in the past. So it'll work, but I just wonder, um, you know, do the Broncos? Need him more on the on the sting, doing all yeah. those other things, um, or is he going to be more value for them in the centres? I, I reckon you probably get more out of him on the wing. Um, mm. Point scoring machine, does all those little things, starts your sets well. I'd probably leave him on the wing, but uh, he'll still go well either way. He might even be a bit of a, a Hodjo, like a mix between Hodjo and like your Trell and NGI. Mm. I can see that kind of happening to a degree. It's interesting what you said there about like uh, meters coming out of their own end. I think it's going to be interesting to see how you go without Herbie because. Mm. Fuck, he did so much work for you. Like, mm. You're going to have to ask someone to roll this. Well, well maybe someone, they do ask someone to do that. They, yeah. they have to, don't mm. they? Yeah. Because Herbie, who would have 18 to 20 runs a game, Katoni Staggs, who's notorious for having his sort of 8 to 10 runs a game, and we sit here and we say, mate, get more involved, get more involved. If Cobbo goes to centre and goes, cool, I'm at centre now, I'll, I'll have 10 runs a game instead of 20, who's going to pick up this load? Because yeah, sure. Herbie's gone. Mm. They're missing out on 10 runs a game. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, interesting. Really interesting. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I've heard um, Corey Oates doing very well in preseason. Apparently, yeah. Like, I don't. People have been writing off Oates like he's yeah. not even in the conversation. Do not write off Corey Oates. We're talking about an Origin winger, and a couple, a few years ago, he was out and out. Well, not out and out, but like, if you said he was the best winger in the comp, you know, you couldn't push back on that. Yeah. And what did we just talk about? Meters out of our own end. Yeah. Can oh, we talk about how sickening the depth is at this club? No, that's crazy. The Broncos outside backs: Corey Oates, Dean Mariner, Deloise Hoyter. Jesse Arthurs, Jordan Pereira, Katoni Staggs, Selwyn Cobbo. Crazy. Come on. In a, such a good Please. position right now. It's just now, now our biggest challenge is obviously around the halves when, when Renault retires. I'm keen to see your, your, your next best, thir- your second 13 come round one. If everyone's fit, mm. we'll put it together mm. and just see what that looks like. Because holy shit, it's a good team. Yeah, bloody oath. Bloody oath. Um, Okay, okay. That's the, the Broncos chat done and dusted. Uh, Wonga Blake signed a one-year deal with St. Helens. I'm happy for the bloke. You know, um, year, there were games and periods of the year where he was he's sitting there going, mate, gen- genuinely could be one of the best outside backs in the comp. Just didn't seem to work for him. The good thing about the Super League for him is it's very attack-based, and that's like that's his bread and butter. So, yeah, happy for him. If Wonga Blake isn't a man of steel centre next year, I'll fucking give it away. <laughs> <laughs> he's got it written all over him. All over him. All over him. Uh, Bradman Best reportedly has agreed to a three-year extension with the Knights. The reported figure is 700k a season. The extension in the figure just reports, though, nothing confirmed. Um, and remember, guys, 700k in today's cap is about 
550 to 600K, mm. which is a bloody good get, in my opinion, for what Bradman Best can be. What is really interesting, though, is how quickly things can change. You know, it was mid-year where he was gone and there were whispers that it was the Knights trying to get rid of him. Now, all of a sudden, he's about to sign a three-year extension. If he keeps going the way that we he has been going, 700K is a steal, in my opinion. And if I'm Bradman Best, is he standing in potentially the best real estate of all time outside KP on the left edge oh, for Newcastle? Stop it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. That big body just ready for ready and raring to bump blokes. Actually, especially coming off doing it in Origin 3 last year mm. and being one of the best on the field. And we mentioned at the back end of last year when the Knights were on this big run and they just seemed like such a happy club. Any team that's winning is a happy team and a happy club. But the they seem to be building... I don't want to say building a good culture because they've always had a great culture, the Knights, but the playing group seem to love each other. Mm. And Bradman Bear seems to be at the forefront of this. Every time they're, you know, they're having fun on social media or whatever it is, Bradman Best is all about it. So I said 700K, what he's just done in Origin, the back end of last year, if they can get him for that. So what is he, 21 years old? Yeah. Yeah. 22? Yeah. I mean, as I said, I was just talking about the bloke inside him, KP, the bloke outside him, Marsha. My <laughs> God. Like, imagine rolling on the NRL field, you look up and there's Marju and yeah. Best with each other, and then KP Wax coming out the back, fresh as anything. Ugh. Sounds like uh, Tyson Brazil could end up on that edge too. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. be unreal. Like, that is genuinely, that can challenge the best edges in the comp. Like, are they the best? Is it the best edge in the comp? No, because they don't have the runs on the board. If they play as well as we all know they can, they absolutely can yeah. challenge the best edges in the competition. Um, so, yeah, if they game for 700K... Maybe the reason that 700k figure is because of his injury history that clubs are a bit hesitant to go all in on, on Bradman Best. Which is fair. Yeah. yeah. But um, if they get him for that, it's a win for him, but also that's a bloody massive win for the club. Yeah. Got KP locked down, got a guy like Bradman Best locked down. Um, things are looking good at the Knights. Things are looking good. But I think it really, the biggest pressure point for the Knights, and we'll get into it in season preview, is actually, I think, in my pick, the halves. Mm. Can they do that again? Can they do what they did last year again? They overachieved last year. Now that's the standard. It's tough to tough to follow. Can always move Ponga to five eight if they need. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Um, Terrell May has announced uh, recently on the Bloke Podcast that he would love to sign to a club that will sign all three of his brothers. He said his preference would be Roosters. All three brothers situation was not possible. He'd like to stay at the Roosters. I'll tell you what, if I'm a struggling club. Um, it's got a bit of cash. I'm sure there are clubs out there that are inquiring into those three blokes' services. You'd be, you'd have rocks in your heads not to be inquiring. And but. look, the, obviously, the older brother is he's he's a bit older. He's been in the Super League, but what you get, and and you know, I think he'd be a, a decent depth signing if you signed him. But what you get with Taylor and May and Terrell May, oh, potentially unders because they're all together. Mm. Yeah, I, I think in order to get the two younger ones, I. Do you cop that third, it. like that roster spot and, you know, have good depth for that? He could have one leg and be worth getting if you get these two. Like, it's terrible, mate. What he did at the end of last season was unbelievable. They got in the finals and the Roosters have a couple of international front rowers and he was the guy. Yeah. He was the guy they were relying on. And Taylor May, I think people are forgetting just how good he is because they haven't seen him in a year or so and Taruva's come in and done a great job. But mm. he's a freak. Mm. Yeah. Absolute freak. What do you uh, reckon to me? Yeah, I haven't followed Tyrone May's progress sort of since he's been there. He's obviously been over to the Super League. Catalans, was he? Yeah. Catalans. They, um, and they did make a grand final. Yeah. Him and Pierce. Um, what I do remember, very versatile. Mm. Like can play a ton of different positions. So, you know, if you're paying up 
for for Terrell May, Taylor May. You know, you're getting, you mentioned can be a depth signing, not just a depth signing, but a bloke who can cover a lot of positions. So, mm. hey, if someone's uh, got the bank and want to do it, why not? Man, as a Roosters, you must sit there going, please, no one do this to us. The three-brother discount. <laughs> oh, please, no one do this to us. Uh, Billy Walters admits there's some pressure on him to hold his hooking position for the season. He said, I know I can't string one or two bad games together or I will be finding myself out of the team. Mm. Um, that's because young Moser, Moser uh, is a gun. I think he captained under 19 Queensland side, highly touted. Uh, it's, it's exciting for the Broncos that they have in a, such a key position such a good young player. Uh, all they need to do is, like, hopefully, all they need to do, like, it's a small thing. Lockdown man, lockdown Walsh. <laughs> but also, it's just they need to begin planning to life after Reynolds immediately. Yeah, some interesting decisions. Cool. Kind of Brisbane. Uh, I like this by Billy, though. And I think it is the reality mm. of this situation, which is a credit to the Broncos. It's like, and frust- it'll be frustrating for him, though, because, like, we made a grand final, bro. Like, we made a grand final. But it is the reality. Frustrating, but it'll probably get the best out of him. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine though? You took a team to a grand final, then you start worrying about a guy that's never played NRL. Yeah, you'd, be you'd be like, filthy. Yeah. God damn it. I thought he was the lead at the end of last year, Billy Walters. Yeah. Um, played a really good back half of the year, and he's as the coach, so he's not getting dropped anytime soon, is he? Surely not. <laughs> Surely not. Are you talking about nepotism at our club, mate? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, do, sir? Do I need to draw your diagram? <laughs> <laughs> He, he he could have three or four bad games. He'll be sweet. Three or four, you reckon? Yeah. What about five? Well, now then, then we'll have another look at it. But uh, <laughs> he um he won't have he won't have three or four bad games. He finished so well last year. I thought, you know, another one that the Tigers let go, obviously. But uh, he, I thought he was outstanding last year. So, mm. not, yeah, I know he got some good depth there. But I, don't oh, I think of all the hookers there, he's the safest one. Yeah, I think you'll find Moja Moza. I can't say Moja. Like, what's wrong, <laughs> Moza? I think you'll find him at fourteen. Uh, Relatively early, maybe even round one. You reckon round one is maybe, maybe because he's just so highly touted and he's so highly sought after that you've got to keep guys like that happy. And I know that's bad to say because it's like, what this young guy is going to hold this club hostage, and maybe he's not like that. Maybe, but it's it's there's so much more to selections than um, okay. For example, look what happened with Reese Walsh initially. We could have kept him, but it was so if we had just given him his debut. You know, gave him a bit of a crack and then back in reserve grade maybe or whatever, he stays at the club. Yeah. But we didn't keep him happy. He leaves. Now, Fortune brought him back to us and, you know, he knows that that was his home and all along and he should sign for massive unders and stay for a 10-year <laughs> deal. Um, whereas you've got a guy like um, Moza, let's say he goes to reserve grade and he's killing it. But Walters is also killing it. Let's say he's killing it. People get in his ear. Say, you could get this big contract. Mm. We're willing to sign you for 500, 600, 700K. All of a sudden, he's going, well, A, I'm not getting paid much. B, I'm not even playing NRL. Whereas if you've got him at 14, I'm not saying this will be the decision, but these are the things you've got to weigh up, keeping guys like Moser happy. Moser happy. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it was um, it was Corey Pakes they started with last year and then they moved to Smoothie, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Smoothie come in. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be Smoothie, Pakes. I think, is Pakes still there? Yeah, he's still in the squad. Smoothie, Pakes and Moser. If Moser has really good trials, I think he might jag the... Uh, that 14 role. I mean, Smoothie could jag it too. Smoothie's still relatively young. Like, he's not that. I can't believe we're talking about four, like, starting NRL quality nines. You're like, yeah, take your pick. It's good stuff. Jesus, right? It's good. Well. <laughs> hey, we've got heaps of hookers to choose from. <laughs> uh, yeah. You've actually got four out-and-out hookers in your top yeah. 30. It's, it's unbelievable. Mental. It's wild. 
It's funny. And like, you seemingly don't like any of them. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. None are good enough. Uh, this is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp, our show partner this week. It's the start of a new year and we all have our own resolutions. Some of us want to get fit. Some want to learn a new skill. Some of us want to watch more footy. But there's a lot of us that are probably just want to improve our mental health. If you're thinking of getting a hand with your mental game, get in touch with BetterHelp. Their services are entirely online and designed to work around you and your schedule. We all need a little guidance from time to time. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bloke. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bloke. You get 10% off. Test squad has been named. Steve Smith, he will open the batting. Cam Green is back in the team and will bat it for. Matthew Renshaw has made the squad, but not the team. Cam Bancroft and Marcus Harris have missed out. Squad, Cummins, Bowling, Carey, Green, Hazelwood, Head, Hawaja, Labashang, Lyon, Marsh, Renshaw, Smith, and Stark. I'll go to you first, Hammy. Thoughts on the squad selection with Smith as the opening batsman? I like Smith opening the batting. Um, Being a little bit stagnant at four, needs a new challenge. Uh, I think he'll go well up there. I think a great opportunity to test if it'll work is a home series against the West Indies. You know, they're not as... So it's not a big series, really. Uh, we're going to walk these ones in. You'd imagine 2-0 uh, for us. So I think it's a really good opportunity for him to get in there. He's been struggling a little bit against the shore, Paul Kempe, as you will know. Absolutely. And what do you do with – what do the opening bowlers generally do, Kempe? Take a step forward. That's right. They pitch it up. They pitch it up to give it a chance to swing. And Steve Smith annihilates the full the full ball. So uh, I reckon he's going to go quite well. Don't forget as well, when Usman Khawaja came back into the side, uh, he was older than Smith is now. And – he started at five and then they moved him up to open. So it can, it can happen. You can do it. He's good enough to do it. I think it's very harsh on Cam Bancroft. He's had a couple of great years in the Shield set up, um, averaging 50 opening the batting. But I think for the balance of the side, you just got to say, ask yourself, how does this side look more dangerous? Does it look more dangerous with Smith and Green in it? Or does it look more dangerous with Bancroft and Smith in it? I think it's with Smith and Green. So... That's what I reckon. Yeah, I'm not as crash hot on it as uh, Hammy is. Fuck, do you like anything today? Yeah, yeah I know. I, hey, hell. I didn't choose the topics. Jeez, and I, and look, Louise, I, I promise like, nothing's gone wrong over Are Christmas you New Year. Like Skip Bayless of the blog yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, no. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just getting all this. You do look a bit like Skip Bayless. Just quietly. Oh no, another one. Hey, the Skip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the, the cynical <laughs> negative vibes out of the way early on in the year, so that when the season starts, it'll just be everything positive. Um, few reasons for it as well. I just think it's a bit of a stopgap solution to this opening issue that, well, it might not be an issue. I think, as Hammy alluded to, it's a great opportunity to test it because we've got the West Indies who, in theory, should be toweling up in both tests. I think there's every chance that Steve Smith comes out and gets runs in these two games. But what does that achieve? In the short term, not a lot. I think... Why I say that is because he's batted sort of for his entire career with a lot of success. He's struggled the last sort of 12 to 18 months by his standards. There's hardly been a player in their career, batsman in particular, that has gotten better with age. So when they get to those mid-30s, 
the eyes start to go, the timing starts to go, and he's going to the top of the order where he's going to face a swimming, swinging ball, a moving ball, everything gets harder. Players in the back end of their career often go further down the order. They might bat at five or bat at six. They get an older ball. It becomes a little bit easier to play in. As I said, he'll be fine in this series, probably gets runs, but I'm looking ahead to you know England in a couple of years, England Ashes next year. When we go to New Zealand, where there's going to be a moving ball again, how is Steve Smith going to go at, what, 35 years old? Um, he'll be fine, I think. You isn't, know, Kaw- isn't Kawaja... Kawaja has also opened the batting a lot throughout his career at different levels, you know, mm. ODIs, T20s. So at test level, he was fine. He's done it at Shield. Smith, to my knowledge, Hammy, has never opened the batting. He's opened it to be in T20 cricket. Love um, T20. You can have that. Yeah. I, I, I went think well from the other night as well, didn't it, first ball? No, that was not. That's an outlier. Yeah. Um, that one. But <laughs> I, I think uh, yeah, I think it will work. Because you just pointed out, Kempi, Usman moved from the middle order to the top of the order. 1,200 test runs last year. Most most runs of anyone mm. in, in world cricket. Mr. Cricket strikes I again. I mean, that was screaming out to everyone that knows cricket yeah so but, i think that aussie's open before yeah i just think he, this guy's been the best batter in the world for a while this can work and it's a perfect strategy now to give him a go because west indies is probably what down here this sort of level then he goes away to new zealand we're stepping up the gears a little bit it's a bit similar to england but they're not as good uh then next next season we have india at home then you've got another ashes series and then you've got india so if you can get three years out of smith opening the batting and making that work and keeping green in there at four I, I think this could I, – I am optimistic that this will be a good thing. Put it this way, be judging it on the New Zealand series, not the West Indian series. I think so. I think so. The, the purpose of these, these two games is to get Green firing at number four, hopefully. He averages 60 batting at four in the Sheffield Shield, so hasn't been given a go at number four in the test setup yet. If Smith gets four innings across these the two games and goes no good, do you pop the idea ahead of New Zealand straight away? I don't know if you throw it out straight away, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Bancroft back in the squad yeah. for New Zealand. That would be my thinking. What about Harris, Marcus Harris? Uh, I Bancroft was my man. I, I'd have had him first. I think Harris has had a lot of opportunities, and there's been a bit of debate uh, recently. He's been carrying the drinks a lot, they mm. say, um, for the Aussies, just in the extended squad, going around the world, and it's limited his opportunity to play shield cricket and get runs and get time at the crease. That being said, I think sheer weight of runs last couple of seasons, Bancroft was the man. Mm. How old's Bancroft? 31. Is it, if you're talking about the future, is there anyone younger that instead of going Bancroft, you go a, a soup? Because like we've got an aging batting order, correct? Yep. Do you go even younger than that and get a younger guy in with the, to tour with the team? Because, you know, Bancroft's had his opportunities too, correct? And hasn't set the world alight? Mm-hmm. Is there anyone younger than those two that you go, you know, let's get him in now? Well, Renshaw's in there. He's 27. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's an option. The other one is Pukowski. He's 24, yeah. 25, but has had a few concussions and, and a few other issues as well. But he came, he played a game against India, made 60, looked really good. There's a couple of guys floating around, but um, I wonder whether that might have been what give, gave Renshaw the, the nod there in the squad, yeah. get him around there. He's played test cricket Because like the thing is, is with Bancroft, that is, uh, I just look, this is, you know, outside looking in, but let's say Steve Smith is the guy, mm. like, and he does well for two years. Then you'd be bringing, if your Bancroft was the next guy in, you're bringing in a 34-year-old or a 33-year-old. You know what I mean? You're yeah. basically in the same position yeah. you were in, but they, it was Steve Smith. He's a GOAT compared to, Bancroft's obviously not one of the greatest batsmen of all time. So it's not like for like, and you're, you're basically got an ageing bat batting order. Yeah, yeah. And, and to answer your question, no, there's no one younger banging the, the door down, scoring a lot of runs at Shield Cricket that's saying, pick me, pick me take a gamble on me, get experience into me. Yep. That player 
is Cameron Green, yeah. who they've made a spot for him at number four. And he's promote. done well in Test cricket. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's got a massive future. He'll be there for the next 10 years in whatever the role might be. Could he open or no? I wouldn't do that to no. him. No, no, I mean, not right now, but could he eventually be an opener or no? I think he'll prefer to be at four yeah. and maybe give a few overs with the ball too. Yeah. I think he's also captain material later. But yeah, so but they, they're basically investing in Cam Green and his future in the side okay. by putting Smith up. So that's why it sort of happened. Is, is the fact that Cam Green is an all-rounder, do you think that had something to do with it as well? That helps. Because if you if you go Bancroft and you have Steve Smith at four, then you have no all-rounder in your... Well, not no, but... Well, they've got Mitch uh, Marsh, who plays a very similar yeah. role to Cam Green, and yep. that's why they've only gone with Marsh for the series just being against Pakistan. Is but two all-rounders better than one? Gives you some more options, option, yeah. I suppose. I wouldn't be surprised to see... Green do less bowling from now on. I reckon he's going to put a bit more time into the bay. Like Smithy, when Smith came in as a leggy, batting eight or nine, he just goes, nah, not going to bowl as much, going to drop it off and just focus on the batting, be the best batter in the team. I reckon that's yeah. the way Green will And go. Green's had a lot of success batting at number four uh, at shield level. So it's like no issues with, with Green at so all. Is he the Steve Smith replacement, do you think, then, long term? I think they want him to be. At four, probably. Yeah. yeah. We, we hope. Steve, we hope. Upgrades. Okay. Mm. Um... In regards to the bowling, although we got probably the best bowling in the country in the world, correct? Yep. Uh, the, depth, the depth is a lot like the Brisbane Broncos as well. Yeah. Lots of options. Very similar. You know, we win, they win, even though we lost <laughs> final, but whatever. Um, okay, uh, Boland is. Where's this being played? This is being played at Adelaide. Is it surprising Boland's back in the side or not surprising? I think he's just kind of like next next guy up. I think I don't think he'll play. I don't. They, these guys are towards the end of their Test career. They mm. love Test cricket. Yeah. Prove that Stark took what. Didn't play IPL for eight years, so I could just focus on mm. test cricket. They just want to play as many tests as they can, probably work towards winning another test championship. That's when you might see some mass retirements. Um, I don't think Boland will play either of these tests. I think they're just going to, unless there's an injury. Another question. Marnus, notorious defensive batsman, is that correct? More so than yeah. most. More so than most. Is an opportunity for him to step up and maybe be a bit more aggressive and Steve Smith be a bit more defensive? Is that ridiculous? You play your natural game. Okay. And, and Marnus's natural game is to, you know. Well, wasn't he, he hitting fucking centuries after centuries a couple of years ago? He and was. Then, he's the best batsman in the world, wasn't he? Rated. And he's yeah. had a bit of a quiet patch. He has had a quiet patch, yep. Good opportunity to get himself back in a bit of form, I would have thought, against the West Indies at home. What do you think he needs to do, Marnus? Nothing in particular. He doesn't need to change his game. He doesn't need to get more aggressive. He's got an incredible opportunity. We well, already had it with Pakistan, but the West Indies series has said it should be pretty easy. So, mate, spend time at the crease. So no no concern for Manus at the moment? No, nah, no concern. Nah, no. you'll be right. Because I've been, I've been reading comments. Yeah. And Are you concerned? Don't, yeah. Well, I was, but now I'm not. Now I'm not, because yep. I, I trust in you guys. Not for your tips, terrible. Yep. But I trust in you. Smithy knowledge. and Manus, they'll save it when we need it. And this summer against Pakistan and West Indies, okay. I don't care. So... so, so is Marnus' job, I know this is going to sound like a stupid question, obviously it is to score runs, but is his job more to be a defensive partner to whoever is the other attacking, uh, the other opener? Every player has their own style. Mm. Travis Head is naturally very aggressive. That's yeah. where he's most comfortable. That's where he's made his runs. Marnus Labashain can't just come out and play more aggressively just to change things up and try something new. It's just not the way it works. Like it'll, it'll take some players more time to get their eye in at the crease. They might take 10 overs. They might take 15. Other players can go out there within two overs and like, no, nah, I'm switched on. Let's go. Let's get aggressive. Like it's, everyone's so different. next question then is Warner was an aggressive opener? Yep. Is Steve Smith an aggressive batsman? Because the balance of Warner aggressive, Marnus kind of defensive, 
is that going to be like for like or is it going to be quite a different partnership in that, in that sense? No, he's definitely not as aggressive as Dave Warner. That's mm. a good point. Um, he can score quickly though, Smith. And I think, yeah, with the ball in his half, he loves the ball pitched up. So I reckon he'll, he'll score a bit more quickly than he has. He's been getting bogged down quite a lot lately. I'd, I, that's probably been an issue for him. I think there'll be a bit more freedom up there for him, for sure. Because if Steve Smith comes in and he's not as aggressive as Warner, would that not uh, be better for bowlers to build confidence initially? Or no? Yeah, drying the scoring up. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. But I don't think I don't think it'll completely dry up with Smith up there. We just won't be probably as explosive as... Other question. Before. Bowling, we're killing it. Yep. Batting for us, eh. Is this a concern that we're still really unsure as to what our order should be, all that good stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, the bowling is, as you're quite right there. Interesting what would happen, I mean, touch wood, but if there's a few injuries to the bowlers, I don't know, not a lot of other guys have come in and, and it, played a lot lately. Like, it wasn't, despite being like, we've got three pretty convincing wins, give or take, Boxing Day, which wasn't as tight, uh, against Pakistan, was tighter, I should say. There's no batsmen going through terrible slumps in form as such. They've all had a few runs here and there. There's no like major concerns over it. Obviously, Warner retiring this opening spot is the hot topic at the moment. Mm. Cam Green comes back in, but... They've all had enough runs between them over the last 12, 18 months that there's no panic stations yet. Even Alex Carey coming into this summer, he was probably one with a bit more question marks around with the bat, not mm. with the gloves, but he had a few runs, so we're all right. Is it concerned that we've got an ageing batting order? Would that hurt us in a few years? Could we look in a few years going, we didn't rotate quick enough, we didn't give people enough experience early enough? Yeah, look, that's a, actually a pretty good point and probably a pretty good point through the whole team. But I think that getting guys like Green in there gives you an opportunity to kind of like prepare and stagger it a little bit so that's i think that's why they're real keen to get him in there because he's 23 24 um so they're, they're looking to mitigate against that i think for sure okay okay like that it would be it'd be almost poetic to pass the captaincy on from patty blue eyes to a guy with the name green in his name <laughs> wouldn't it that's poetic and green is also the color of our nation baggy green so we go even better exactly but blue is the color of our flag that's right so there's there's just synergies, synergies everywhere you look isn't everywhere there? you look so locker in what's cam Makes green paying to be captain in 10 years is that mark we haven't, got a, mar mar no. haven't got a mark yet leave it with me though that's that's disappointing you got your yeah. best you got your best man on it <laughs> campy uh we've actually put the great minds together and i don't mean my own but uh new new podcast at sc playbook oh stop the, it the, the cricketers playbook expanding outside the supercoach space uh, have me over here on deck. I'm just wow. a humble host. Got another genius cricketing mind in Maxi Bryden on board as well, talking okay. straight cricket. I thought you were about to say me then, but genius nah. cricketing mind, but whatever. <laughs> mate, we got a, we got a spot available, guest appearance, cameo. I don't know if you can afford me. Appearance mate. fee, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you want to hear more of the big fellas' great insights and uh, Maxi Bryden, absolute genius of the game, cricketers playable. If you love cricket, there's a, look, obviously you come to me first, but if you want to go to the boys. <laughs> if you want more. <laughs> well, I would say more. Sorry, uh, additional. Uh, additional content to my great insight, then maybe pass by the boys. Pass by the boys. Get around us. All right, time now I for... Just, I, oh. I just really quickly wanted to touch on and get a sense check on David Warner's helicopter trip <laughs> to the Big Bash the other day. I know you touched on it on Packer Up, boys. There was an evolution uh, when you guys spoke about the story he was going to land on uh, the SFS. Yeah. It evolved and he landed on the SCG, on the ground. Mm. I mean, what did you, what did you blokes see? Because all I did was I compared it to what happens here at Bloke. And when Kempi gets his chopper in here <laughs> for the episode, he doesn't fly it straight into the studio. He has the decency to fly it into the helipad out in the car park and then walk in. So it doesn't make it as me, me, me. I just wonder if Davey, little Davey Warner 
could learn a thing or two about the humility of Kempi, <laughs> why we love him so much, uh, and what you guys thought of the, uh, the helicopter landing on the field. Yeah, I'd love to know how they came to the decision. Was yeah. it the marketing team? And then Warner was like, okay, you know, I'll go along with it. Now, reports would suggest Warner does like a bit of online attention. Mm-hmm. That would, is that semi-accurate? Yeah. I thought it, was, it would be a real good opportunity for him to see that, like, with everything that had happened throughout the week, to be like, okay, it's been about me for quite a while now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it doesn't have to be about me for this specific moment. That's just a, a potential reality we could have lived in, mm-hmm. but we don't live in that reality. That's my answer. Campy's just furious because he used his chopper for the day, so Campy didn't have access. <laughs> Mate, I couldn't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Guru? Uh, yeah, Warner does not come across to me as one that would turn down a helicopter arrival, so it doesn't shock me. Um, just quickly, if Mosh is looking for a bounce back next week, mm. From coming, from calling it the MCQ a year ago to how you just navigated that segment, I just sat here in awe then. That was fucking incredible. <laughs> you got someone in your ear or what? Uh, mate, mate, there's a reason why blokes this big, mate. Very uh, impressive. To be fair, it was, it was a misspeak. I know what the MC fucking G is. Uh, miss, misspeak? Anyway, thanks. You're right. It's I all appreciate part of the that, narrative. Mate. I think you take it on board. I appreciate that, Origin 2 is at the Q this year, actually. Is it the Q? <laughs> yeah. Might get some shirts made. I that. Actually, that's that's not good. If it's at the queue, that leans towards Queensland getting the win. At the queue. That's good. So it's unlike Origin. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> fuck off, you sucks. <laughs> um, thanks, Kuro. I appreciate that, mate. I appreciate that, mate. Uh, let's get into our tip. Oh, sorry, our face some music for the next week. Let's do it. Um, so this is a bloke exclusive. I've had a chat to the trades because when you have a look at the market for this game, Australia versus the West Indies, there is not a lot of value in the head-to-head betting. I think we all agree that Australia will do a number pretty significantly on the West Indies. Uh, not Australia- all of us, mate. Yeah? Well, not all of us. Like, I mean, well, you think West Indies going to no, win? No, I meant the wider public. I'm sure there's someone out there that thinks West Indies going to win. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about that. Australia <laughs> winks like $1.07. West Indies are $18. So I said, look, there's not a lot of value there. So there's no point even picking that one. So I've had a chat to the traders. First time we've ever done this at Sportsbet. Oh, thank you. What day will the game last Ooh. until? Um, so, you know, you can either choose day two, three, four, five, or the draw, of course. Uh, I'm going to give myself the new ball here, if you don't mind. This one. I am going for the first two days of this test match. Yeah. I've just been, I've been on leave for three and a half weeks, my first day back today. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm counting, I was going to say counting the sleeps. So I'm actually counting the sleep before I go on more leave. I'm, I'm going for two <laughs> days uh, to the test match, so bear with me. Uh, I th- actually think this game will be finished by the time I have to leave on day two. Wow. We just saw a two-day test match over in South Africa. I think this game will finish on day two, and day two will get you $41. Wow. For this test match to Holy. be done and dusted by. The other price is day three. We'll get you $3.40. Day four, $2.20. Day five, $2.20. 30. So those uh, those are your prices there. What day do you think this game will finish, Mr. Cricket? It's going to finish. Day three, 2.54 p.m. <laughs> oh, wow. $3.40 there for, uh, for Mr. Cricket. Guru, what do you, what do you think, mate? In, in if Adelaide. they win the toss and bat, what is, $41 would have to come in rapidly, wouldn't it? Uh, the West Indies? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to think so. I don't mind the value there if they do win the toss. I, th- I think day three, but I think the value is day two for sure. Yep. Are we trying to get a lock in? Oh, fuck it. I'll join you. Day yeah. two. Get on board. 
I'm uh, we're gonna do sorry, gotta do times because we don't want we don't want draws. Oh, of course, of course. So if you're going, oh yeah. So day two, what time do you think? What'd you do? I did two two fifty four p.m. day three. Three twenty p.m. day two. Three twenty p.m. That worked perfectly for my six p.m. flight there. Uh, I reckon <laughs> it'll go probably a little bit long. I'm gonna say six p.m. Okay. Day two. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the value's in day three. I'm with Kempy actually, and like the odds suggest, it's going to finish at three forty p.m. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think it will be a short test, but that South African test was absurd. I don't think we'll see anything like that. I reckon I'll go to day three. I reckon I'll finish in the middle session. So, is this a day nighter? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Take that back. Uh, I reckon I'll finish in the last session. So I'm going to say four forty-eight. Okay. Hammy, Adelaide Oval being probably the flattest deck in Australia this Big Bash season. Mm-hmm. Does that concern you with your, your two-day finish? No, I don't. I think the disparity between these teams, our bowling attack, their batting lineup. I think it's it could be could be over very. Could be a massacre. I, I think so. Okay. I do. Uh, other one, boys, we've got the tennis, of course, kicking off. Um, uh, this week, it's already got underway. I just want to get, just for your futures, just your, your male winner. Uh, and your female winner for the Australian Open uh, for this year as well. That'll be it for Face the Music this week. So, um, Mr. Tennis, do you want to uh, do you want to take us away with your with your pick? Now, I've been watching this bloke for a few years now. Yep, uh, Grigor Dimitrov. Yep, shoe in. Absolutely. Yep. What do you like about him? His aggressive nature at the the net. Yep, um, the net monster. They call him. They do call him that. Yep. Uh, I like his aggressive nature at the net. I think he's got a great forehand. Backhand, look, some people don't rate it that yep. well, but I think that they don't understand the mechanics of the backhand as well as I do. Yep. Backhand, fantastic. Footwork, incredible. Um, apparently one of the fastest in the Oz Open. That's yep. the reports. Uh-huh. So that's that's what I'm loving about him. Love it. Uh, so 26 bucks, Grigor Dimitrov. Uh the, the the tennis guru, what do you got for us? Uh, I know very little about tennis. So what I did was I went through all the names waiting for one to stand out to me. I'll be honest with you, nothing grabbed me in the men's. Something grabbed me in the women's. I can't wait to get to her. But men's, nothing grabbed me. So I thought, I'm just going to pick the most rugby league name I can see. Yep, like it. Uh, so I've got a 500 to 1, <laughs> Jordan Thompson. <laughs> yeah, nice. Edge back rower. Yeah. Do a job. Just beat Nadal. Did he? Yeah. Sure. Really? Up in, in, uh, up in Brisbane. There you go. There you go. I thought he might have been a fictional character, so that's good to hear. Mm. You sound like you know your tennis, Timmy. Who you got? Oh, I mean, in comparison to this panel, I mean, it's camp your side, obviously. Um, a little, little bits and pieces, mate. Uh, I'm actually heading to the Oz Open this weekend. Oh. Yeah, so you'll beat the cricket, I'll beat the tennis, so good weekend to We've got all the bases covered here at Blake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carlos Alcraz, mate. Yep. Couple of slams to his name already. Future of the sport. Second fave behind Novak, so I'll be going with him. Uh, in the women's, Sabalenka won it last year. In good touch, she'll go back to back. Oh yeah, I'll do my women's real quick. <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, love the way this lady plays tennis. Been watching her for a few years. Yep. Uh, Emma Radakuna. Radakunu? Yeah, oh, yeah, won the one Wimbledon. Yeah, mate, unbelievable tennis player. Yep. Um, I think she's primed. I think really this year she's put her head down. She's worked on a few things in her game. Looks explosive. Uh, muscle mass, I think she's actually increased her muscle mass this year, which yep. is... You know, she had some real issues with power in her backhand, um, and I think it's going to sort it out this year. So, that's five fifty, Elena Rabakina. No, no, Emma Emma Rabakina. Oh, Emma Rabakina. Yeah. You jumping in? Yeah, I'll go first. Seventy-one bucks, Emma Rabakina. Bit of value. Well, I think that's massive overs. That's what I'm taking. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Smile, buddy. <laughs> um, I'll go Sablanka for the for the women's. 
I think I've uh, filled up my quota on this show of not backing Australians, so I'm just going to go Alex Dimonor. He's yeah. a, I actually met him once. He's a huge New South Wales Blues fan. So that's something a spy would say. Yeah, it is. It is thirty-four bucks for for the demon. Poor old Matty's about to have a stroke. Worry about the camera angles while he has to run between his desk and the mic. Uh, my female one, boys. I said I was waiting for a name to stand out for me, and good God, where's the Oz open up? Uh, uh, Melbourne. Five hundred to one. Give me Storm Hunter. Ooh, oh, that's omen all over it. Yep. That's well, great omen, Benny. I think she's uh, she might be number one doubles player in the world. Storm. Really. Great name. Sounds about right. Well, uh, well she, she goes good anyway. Mm. Yeah. I've gone uh, Daniil Medvedev. Not everyone's cup of tea on the men's side of the draw. The big Russian, 10 bucks. Uh, I'm looking at there. And then in the women's side, uh, now, I, this, I couldn't walk past this mm. price for Barbara uh, Krechenova. Krechikova, uh, 67 bucks. Now, I actually priced up the women's side of the draw myself and I added it at about $51. So 67 bucks for, for Barbara. I'm all aboard there <laughs> responsibly, of course. So uh, that's it. Let's see how those go over the next few weeks. It's going to be a fascinating. I know you won't be able to keep your eyes off it. Can be a fascinating couple of weeks of tennis down there at Melbourne Park. Uh, but sport everywhere you look at the moment, isn't it? This is sport. Yeah, just getting us through till, till rugby league season. Rugby By the way, have you ever seen a guy that goes on more holidays than this bloke? Yeah, or no, this, this bloke. bloke. Oh, both of them. It's a pretty hot field. But no, you're going on another holiday. Well, man of the world, mate. I like to get out and about. Jesus, where are you going? Melbourne, tennis. Oh my god, where are you getting all this cash? Oh, I, can't, I can't afford a holiday. I'm bloody struggling. That's a, that's a tax deduction research for the show. Oh, definitely a tax deduction. Yeah. A lot of coffee off you. SC Playbook's actually Henry. looking to expand into fantasy tennis, so tax deduction. Oh, there you go. There you go. Simple game, eh? Wow. The holidays on this bloke. Yeah. I didn't even know what a holiday was until I was 25 years old. Yeah. <laughs> made, a, made a different stuff, Kempi. Mate, I used an inspiration to, to all of us. I used to walk through snow 10Ks a day. Just come to work, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know those blokes that try to out, like, tough work in each other? Where they're like, ah, oh, mate, it works so hard, buddy. And you go to the work site, they're doing absolutely nothing. Anyway. I'm the second one there, I think. Sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> anyway, you're working hard or you're hardly working. That's us done and dusted. Do you want to get the grid out, the NRL grid, or has that died down? Oh, yeah. uh, That's gone now? It's not cool done. anymore? I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> Origin teams, no? Beers and Break Evens returning this week. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah. Beers and Break Evens are back. Anyway, guys, have a fantastic week. We will go fuck ourselves and you go fuck yourself too. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.